What is up, Kangaroo Chasers, and welcome to the final episode for Season 3. Unbelievable. Uh, I started this thing with two of my mates recording out of a car uh, three years ago, nearly to the day. Chasing Kangaroos began. We didn't know what it would be. So proud of what it's become. So happy to have the thousands of you listening, uh, following on the socials. And uh, yeah, great to be here. Final episode for Season 3. It's come sooner than expected. Uh, obviously, it was meant to be a World Cup year, so we we're going all the way to the World Cup, and we're going to go right through. Uh, but obviously, that's been postponed. So taking stock, cutting this season short early, since we sort of didn't really have an off season last time, and I'm um, going to take a little bit of a break myself. But it doesn't mean chasing kangaroos media is going on a break. We'll talk about a little bit more about that throughout this episode. But this one is really special. It's a format that has become very popular. We've done it twice before. This is the third time. We call it the listener call-in show, uh, but no one's calling us. We're calling them. So it's very similar to if you if you listen to talkback radio or anything like that. Very similar concept. It's the podcast version, and basically podcasts aren't live. So what we've done is we ask you guys, the listeners, to register on the socials at Chasing Roos on Instagram or Facebook, at Chasing Roos Pod on Twitter, and... um. Yeah, I've got a whole list of numbers. I'm going to call some people. Normally, it's myself and Big T in a room together calling people, and it flows really well. But we're in lockdown in Sydney still, so it's just me in a room by myself. Uh, Big T's giving me a list of people to call randomly. I don't know who they are, but I'm going to hit those numbers and, uh, yeah, and see how we go. And, of course, caller number one is going to be Big T himself because we can't have a final episode without Cubs and Big T having a little chat. So without any further ado... I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 125, the final for season three of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Let's see if Big T's home. Caller number one. Can't do it without him. The biggest tiger. The sexiest voice in rugby league podcasting. Carbonara. Mate, I was expecting an eye chase kangaroos with Cubs and Big T. What's on? What's going on? Oh, shit. <laughs> How I are you? I Mate, we are, good. we are recording. And I miss of you, course. man. I miss you, man. I don't even know if we can go for, <laughs> for Chase's walks anymore. It's been a bit crazy. How are you going? Mm. I guess I'm going good. Yeah, the, good. You know, the Tigers have finally put me out of my misery, so that was good. Um, Same with the Dragons, and right, I, don't worry. Yeah, well, yeah. And um, but the, the whole round was fantastic and close. 
Um, so that you know, that's that's good, I guess. Littlest and I have been going out and having some fun in in parks. And today I was in in a place in Five Dock. I saw a guy in a West Tigers jumper. I saw a dad in his um, <laughs> Penrith Panthers uh, face mask kicking a Penrith Panthers football with his yeah, four right. or five year old. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I saw a Penrith. I saw I saw a Parramatta bloke. I had a chat with a mum in the sand pit um, who was wearing a Roosters face mask and. You know, so the world of rugby league is still uh, churning it along nicely and 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 integrating its its way into our life, even if I'm trying very hard to, uh, you know, even when I'm trying to have moments away from it, it's still there, ever present, ever looming, um, tickling my my fancy everywhere I go. Uh, how are you going though now that you can't do the uh, bay walk with me, mate? I do miss you, as I said, but there's always positives. Like we're locked down. Uh, I'm very lucky that myself and, and the wife can work from home. We're pretty much unaffected other than the fact that we're doing what we do from home. Uh, mm. My daughter, daughter's homeschooling, son, we're keeping home from daycare, so it's the four of us, and it gets pretty pretty messy and pretty hard at times. But I think we're going to look back on this at, in the future and just remember the good stuff. You know, we've, we've got to spend time together. Today we went, there's a little there's a little park near our place, which is like on the bay, and there's a bit of sand, so it's like a little mini beach, and... We just hung out there for a few hours and, you know, we don't, we don't get to take advantage of stuff like that normally. So we're, yeah. doing, we're doing the best we can, man. I didn't see any footy jerseys down there. There weren't too many people, which was kind of what <laughs> yeah. we wanted. But, um, but man, it's tough and, you know, but footy, a couple of weekends to go of NRL. Both of our sides won't be there. We don't talk about that stuff anyway. But, um, mate, final episode of Chasing Kangaroos for season three. So um, one thing that I did start to do that I haven't done in a very long time is, yeah. is kicking drop goals down my local parks. I've been loving doing yeah. that. I saw some of your Instagram stories, mate. Yeah. So, so, oh, mate, it's a misspent childhood. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've always said I'm, I'm Benji Marshall's uh, brain inside um, George Rowe's body. So <laughs> I just had to do it. And, of course, I mean peak Benji. Oh, no, I mean Dragon's Benji and I mean retired George Rose. But um, – uh, other than that, that's that's probably what I'm going to be spending my off season doing is catching up on some American sport and um, yeah. and still going down to the park to do some drop kicks and, and things like that. What, what's your plans, though, Carbon? I know this is your last, your official last um, chasing kangaroos episode of the year. So what's what's on the horizon for your off seasons? What do you normally do in an off season? Actually, there's two questions. What do you normally do, and what are you going to do in this COVID off season? How weird. So footy off season, I guess I just. Um I try and uh, I don't really think about football. I feel like I need a little bit of a footy break in the off season. We didn't really get one last year. We sort of season two went into season three. I think we had about two or three weeks break, and we thought it was important to do that because it was a World Cup year. Uh, so last year we didn't really do it. Hey, eh? we just kept rolling with, with the episodes, yeah. and it was fantastic. But I think this year I've had a little bit of a burnout. I think there's been a lot of interesting. It's been an interesting sort of year. You know, we saw because of COVID, Euro 13s on hold and NARL on hold. And these were all things that we were sort of giving some, some having a lot of discussion about. And then, of course, what happened with the World Cup. So there was a lot of like hold and pause and it sort of got a bit tiring and frustrating. But for me, this off season, w- there's a lot going on with ca- Chasing Kangaroos Media next year. We've got lots of plans and you know all about that, man. We had a good, uh, good meeting with a few others a few nights ago and um, there's plenty to do for next year and, and it's a World Cup year, right? So we're going to gear up for that. But really, I'm just going to keep spending time with the family. I've got, an, I've got a new-ish job, which I started four or five weeks ago, 
and it's been really exciting for me. It's one that I'm re- really enjoying, so I'm going to really focus on that, which I normally do anyway. Um, but man, to be honest, kicking back, watch some semi, some semi-final footy. It's always kind of nice when, not nice, but there's always. I've learned to be positive, Big T. Speaking to you, mate, yeah. because not having your team in the semi-finals, there's nothing positive about that. But the fact that you can sit back and just enjoy it, not having, yeah. not having a um, not having a feather on the. I don't know. I don't know the saying, but not having a team in the finals there. Yeah, can, yeah. You can sit back, no pressure. And just see how things go, and it's going to be really interesting, man. But for me, I'm just going to kick back and relax and do some planning, I think, for, for Season 4 of Chasing Kangaroos. Do you have another sport interest that, that you can also put yourself into, or are you just, you're just a solely rugby league man? No, look, I do. Look, I like most sports. Not, nothing with the passion of rugby league, but I will, um, I will follow the scores of the NFL, you know, see how the Jets are going. Um, I will. I do get into. It just depends. Like not every year, but I feel like my mind alternates in summer, like with summer Australian sport between cricket, A League, and NBL. So I don't like oh. every year. I kind of change what my what my favorite is, and I sort of follow one. But it's I, there's no rhyme or reason to it, man. Like last year, I was really getting behind the Sydney Kings. Year before that, yeah, 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 yeah. But so it's just you know we'll just see what happens, and but you know kick back and. N- nothing with the week to week passion that yeah. rugby league has in my mind. Yeah, I often uh, I completely hear you. I often need that time. I need sports still in my life. I, I like having something to check up on and, and stay interested in and things like that. But I'm with you. I also need a a pressure valve off keeping track of player movements or injuries or coach things. You know things like that. And, and I was recently um, talking to a dad in fathers group, and he was telling me something about the. Cowboys coaching staff, yeah. the, and I mean the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff. Oh, I was well. like, "Oh, dude, I can't, uh, I can't keep track of that." Like, <laughs> I, I'm lucky if I can remember most quarterbacks' names, let alone. I mean, most of those American sports are fantastic. I love them so much, and if you ever see one live, your life is better for it. They're, yeah. they're so good at that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, which is why I'm so excited about them getting in the rugby league, and why when we heard about the um, Carolina Cup, they were having games all day, but then they also have like food trucks. Um, they have beer gardens, they've got a concert happening. I was like, of course you do. This, is, this sounds so exciting and foreign to me because to me, you'd watch one game of rugby league, you'd be excited to see a sausage sizzle um, on the way in. But for them, of course, it's an all-day event and, and you wouldn't do it any other way. So I, I'm really excited about America happening in rugby league for so many reasons. One of them is their game day experience. Toronto already started to show us that. But um, unless the, unless those competitions are getting to the finals, like the NBA or the NFL, I'm more than happy to like get fully invested once they hit the finals because then it's a much more manageable amount of teams for my brain. And um, and I can then backstory oh, who's there and how they get there. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, now I'm going for this team this year. So um, I'm glad that you kind of also seem to do the same thing. NBL is also the same thing. I feel like I really am a Kings fan, but there are just some years I just can't care and there are some yeah. years that I go to like five or six games. Um I don't know what that is, and I'm sure they don't know either. I'm sure they also have an influx in and out of of memberships and, and interests. And I wonder, I wonder if they do know what it is. Actually, maybe I'm just not clear enough. Uh, anyway, so hopefully, I get to go to a game with you. Hopefully, the season opens up not after uh, we can go to some games after Christmas, and we can go to some of the big family because they, they put on a good show. Actually, the Kings. Yeah. I know this is not a. Have you been? I've never been. Have you? Let's go to a Kings oh, game yeah, together, man. man. Yeah, another awesome. really good. It's really the parking's easy. It's re- inexpensive. Music's pretty loud. And fun stuff like that. So it might be hard for the littlest dragon and littlest tiger, maybe this year, but or maybe <laughs> not. But um, uh, 
yeah, no, it's a, it's a real family thing for sure. They're, they're really family conscious and they're trying to entertain you the whole time. And if the opposition team misses two free throws, everyone gets hungry jacks. And um, yeah, it's great. It's really fun. Chasing Kings podcast coming soon. <laughs> Imagine. But, but oh, speaking gosh. of podcast coming soon, I'm having a break, as you know, but Chasing Kangaroos Media does not sleep. And uh, we kind of, if you're following us on the socials, you would have heard about this one, but I'm kind of happy, I'm proud to announce it. And, mate, you you take the floor because you will not be taking a break. You obviously are the podcast machine. You're the, the podcast slut, <laughs> as some people call you as well. Yeah. Or as Albi Tallarico says, a podcast putana. But, um, well, anyway, yeah. mate, what's take the floor. What's coming up on Chasing Kangaroos on this very channel? Uh, what's coming up next week? I think I think it would be Putana di podcast if, if you have been particularly grammatically correct. But um, um, so we, I mean, you said to me, you and I are both talking about our um, mild exhaustion uh, of of running the the chasing kangaroos marathon, and you asked me, um, what what are you still really passionate about then? Like, think, think about what what's driving you all the time. What's your why? As Major McGuire would say on that fantastic um, Tales of Tiger Town. What's your why? And I was like, well, the thing that I'm loving most of at, at the moment is is the women's game. And you were like, okay, well, great, focus on the women's game. And so I went away for a couple of days and came back and to you and pitched um, doing a, a really extensive and, and interesting and fun uh, NRLW series. So with some interviews leading up to the um, season starting and then doing a week-to-week one with um, the lady who leagues herself, the, the Duchess of Parramatta, uh, uh, Mary Kay. So that's what we're going to try and do for through Chasing Kangaroos Media. We're going to do a Chasing Jillaroos uh, series of about, I think it's 14 episodes and um, it's going to be, I think it'll be really great. It'll be really great to be re-energized by that fantastic brand of football because you and I both often say that the women's game is a lot of what a lot of people love about rugby league. It is a lot more uh, passion-driven. These people aren't there because it's a career. Not that the guys playing it aren't, aren't passion-driven, but the, a lot of them may have already lost their love for it from playing it from the age of six. And yeah. so to them, it's already a business by the time they've hit Reggie's, whereas a lot of these women aren't being paid for it yet or are semi-pro, and, and the reason they're still playing it has to be, the reason they're taking this much time out of their family and their lives has to be for the love of the game. And so that, that's felt every, every game. And the strategy is less wrestle and a lot more yeah. play what's in front of you. And there's just lots of lots of great stories, um, backstories and, and interesting stories about coaching and, and player decisions and things like that that we haven't heard yet because um, it just hasn't been explored yet. So I'm really excited about watching those games. I'm really excited about learning more and more about it. Every other season it's been in tandem with the final series. So there's a great energy around everyone about football, but... This, it's still a little bit peripheral. Everyone is still really talking about the finals and all season. Okay, there's women's NRLWs happening. So the socials is often mixed with yeah. with the two, whereas this time it's just going to be everyone focusing on that on that series. Um, and I think that's going to be really different for all of us as, as fans. And um, and so I wanted to be part of that. I wanted to capture that. I wanted to, to expose that and spotlight that, which is what Mary and I should be doing. 100%, man. I think the women's game deserves its own show. And, and Mary used to have Ladies Who League and... She and I used to chat all the time. She hasn't done Ladies Who League for a little while, but, you know, I had a chat with her earlier in the season and said, are you, are you bringing the show back? And she said, look, I want to, but the producers want, don't, I, I want to just talk about NRLW and that's not what, like, the ABC want me to do. So we might, we probably won't do it. They want to talk about the whole game overall. And um, 
And that's where the seed was kind of planted as well. And I just thought, now that NRLW is on its own, you really wanted to push it. We had an opportunity to bring the great Mary Kay into the Chasing Kangaroos family, which I'm very excited about. Um, the ultimate professional, and and there's no one mm. better to be to be your co-host uh, for the Chasing Gillaroos podcast. But just I, I I'm pretty certain we're probably the first NRLW the the first podcast or well, Chasing Gillaroos will be the first podcast that will give the NRLW the attention that the NRL gets on every other podcast throughout the season. So you know there might be one or two others out there, but man, I can't think of any as high profile as us and. Others will. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of the big, the big players will do the same thing. But here we are, first in international rugby league, first in women's rugby league. It's all about the the areas that are developing, and and we always talk about that. You know, women's rugby league is one area around the world where the game is developing the fastest. So it makes a lot of sense for us to to launch Chasing Gillaroos. And man, I'm, I'm I can't wait to sit back as as a fan listening in. You know, that maybe that's how I'll spend spend the off season listening to you and Mary Kay. The banter it's going to be great. And now I know there is I can't remember the name of it. There is another fantastic podcast at the moment that is just girls and they talk oh, uh, about rugby league from a girl's perspective. And so, um, the, and they are great. The the difference is that I know we have Mary Kay, and so yeah. that just kind of trumps whatever anyone else is doing. I feel like we. Um, and it'll be a very Chasers style thing where, where it's just me turning up super excited about football and just talking to Mary and Mary giving us her in, in, incredible insight and knowledge. So it's certainly not me pretending to be any kind of expert. It's just me talking to people who already are fantastic at it. We've, I've already recorded uh, three episodes um, with uh, different players. Is it three episodes or four episodes with different players and coaches? And awesome. I've already just been, it's been so exciting just talking to them and hearing about how they get excited and how they get ready and, and what they're really hoping to happen. So, um, yeah, and then we have Mary the whole time. So it'll be great. It'll be really good. Love it, man. And look, we might even throw in a Chasers episode or two in the off-season if I get a bit bored or if uh, if there's news that, that calls for it. So I'm going to miss you, mate, but I'm, I'm sure we'll speak plenty anyway, and I'm going to hear you every week with Mary Kay. So I'm happy about that. Now, mate, listen to call-in show. Again, I wish you could be here with me, but we are locked down. And... um. But we've got, I've got probably 10, I'm going to try and squeeze in 10 or more, maybe more, 10 callers or so in the next hour, uh, randomly selected by yourself. So thank you for doing that. And uh, I better, I better let you go. Um, looking forward to late, uh, to chasing Jillaroos and uh, I might go hit, hit up some more callers and, and see what they want to talk about. I've got 50 Sandwiches. This is the longest episode we ever do because every time we've ever done a call-in show, <laughs> Murcho and I are trying to wrap you up, um, and you go just one more, and then Murcho and I go, okay, this is the last one, and you go just one more. So with no one there to wrap you up, you're going to be going till about eleven p.m. and I can't wait to listen to it. I do remember Murcho falling asleep on the lounge the first time we did this, <laughs> but, but you see, this is where you're wrong, Big T. I've got I've got Mrs. Carboni who uh, is is going to miss me in an hour or so, I reckon. So. She'll, she'll be wrapping me up soon. But, mate, look, I'll, I'll probably try and squeeze out one or two more. You know me too well, mate, too well. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your night, Carbonis. See you, Big T. Love you, buddy. Ciao. Oh, Big T, I miss him already. <laughs> Chasing Jillaroos coming right at you exactly where you're listening to this. So don't do anything. You don't have to do anything different. If you're not subscribed, make sure you hit it so you don't miss it. And, uh, yeah, Chasing Jillaroos coming at you with Big T and the great Mary Kay. 
I think uh, one of the numbers T has given me is Mary Kay. Some, I have a sneaky suspicion, so we might get her on the line very soon. But we're going to start. I'm going to start with this number. It's an Australian number, so we'll start close to home. Let's see if they answer. Hi, Ridge Connor. Sorry, I can't take a call. Uh, leave a message and I'll call you back. Thank you. Bye. Connor, carbs from Chasing Kangaroos. Uh, you missed me, mate. Uh, recording right now, so you probably hear this. But uh, yeah, try call me back. I might be on the phone to someone else, but if not, I might answer. Talk soon. Bye. There you go, Connor. Not a great start. Connor missed out. All right, let's try an international call, Mercho. Let's see how this one goes. Hello, it's Carbs from Chasing Kangaroos. Who am I speaking to? You're speaking to Simon. Hiya. <laughs> hey, Simon. How are you, buddy? I'm okay, thanks. How are you? Good, mate. Good. You've got. I'm, I'm trying to figure out your accent, mate. You are from. Where are you from? I am from Cardiff, hey, Wales. Man. Nice man. We're just uh, good to speak to you, man. I think we've had a few interactions on the socials. We we're sponsoring the the Cardiff the Cardiff Blue Dragons, mate. ChasingRoos.com. So pumped to have someone from that part of the world on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, mate, I just missed you there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, it's a bit stormy here at the moment, so... Uh, oh, good. So, yeah. <laughs> All good, Simon. What did you want to talk about, buddy? Right. Well, my question is, is this, is with the Euro 13 uh, club competition on hold, yeah. would a Euro Club 9 tournament be the ideal way to introduce European Club Rugby League? Good question. Um, look, yeah. it certainly makes sense. In the Euro 13 in particular, there's a, there's a, at least half of them are newish sort of clubs who don't get to play a lot or the only clubs in their country. So in terms of getting numbers on the field, I think maybe having nines to start with, yeah, that could work. Um yeah, I, I think. Look, I think Euro Thirteens. I think it's still going to get off the ground in twenty twenty two. I think that's still the plan, unless, unless what we're seeing. Look, and it's hard to judge at the moment, COVID wise. But I'd kind of love to see both, and whether it's you know a European Rugby League run nines event or something else, then I think that would be fantastic. Um, what are your thoughts, man? You're a bit closer to the ground than I am over there. Like, do you think something like that could work? And how do you see it going down? Well, yeah, I hope. Uh, I hope both go ahead to be perfectly honest with you um i i thought about like the nines because obviously you know whether you could get a group of like champion clubs to compete straight away would be a good attraction yeah. for the public as well um and i'm just thinking back to when the uh the world cup nines was held back in 2019 um over a three day, I mean, that was really good to watch. But I think it would be a good way of raising the game. Plus, also, nines is not played enough over here. And that's, um, that's like a real lacking area of the game. Yeah, it's funny. Like, it's not played enough anywhere. We don't really play it much over here. There hasn't been, you know, since the Nines World Cup that you spoke about in 2019. We haven't really had any nines, to my knowledge, here in Australia. 
um, not to not at a high mm. standard anyway. There might be there might have been something, but I know the plan was for more nines, and I could I can see in the future like the nines World Cup. We know will will continue in twenty twenty three, but I could see like a Euro nines and and, and Australasia or sorry in Asia Pacific nines, you know, and and Amer- there's an America's nines as well. You know, there'll be a Middle East yeah. Africa nine. So I can see more of that happening as well. But you're talking more clubs, right? Like you want you want to see like more clubs nines competitions like the the London Nines happening again and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. Like, especially, like, thinking for, like, the British Super League clubs, um, I can see them sort of putting a block on competing in a season-long European Cup, but a a weekend for, you know, the winners of European leagues, you know, qualifying for a Nines competition would... That could be fitted in, no problem. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it would be similar to, um, be similar to like the Challenge Cup, I guess, as well. Yeah, definite. Um, you know, to have the top clubs as well. I mean, regardless of the the level of the leagues across Europe, to have the top winners in, yeah. it all helps grow. The games and you might get some shocks as well because like I say we don't play nines enough over here so like a French club might win it all or you know a Serbian club it, it's you you never know and it would be interesting a, a French club might win the whole Super League this year mate it's looking good for for Catalans potentially I, fingers crossed but um, I, 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 I hope so I really <laughs> do hope so I mean, they're just phenomenal this year. Do you follow the League One sides, mate? The Welsh League One sides, how sing, or, or do you follow the the Welsh League? Like, what's how, what's the, what's the standard like? Over I, it's well, I follow as best I can. Um, plus, also, um, like a few of the clubs was also playing like the Southern England clubs as yeah, well. Yeah, um, so. And I think uh, the, one of the Valley clubs is playing in the Southern League. I'm not quite sure. It's been a bit like all over the place, obviously, this year. But, uh, um, yeah, not as much as I would like to. Seems to be growing a bit as well, though. I think Wales, I've always said like France and Wales have potential to grow faster than most other European nations. Like there's, It's like the seed is already planted and there's not yeah. as much work to get established. It's already kind of there. And I think Gareth Kia and and Co are doing a really good job. I'm hearing great things around around Wales. Like like I said, France and Wales. Like hearing so many good things around yeah. France, and Wales is not too far behind. So I kind of hope. We're, sorry, we're cha- I've, I've already changed the topic on you, Simon. But I, I really think that we can get to a position or a time where you've got England, France, and Wales all quite sort of powerful or quite strong and strong enough to not have to worry about, you know, will Australia tour us this year? Cause they've, you've got competition on the doorstep. So I'm, I'm really hoping to see that in the next few years. Well, definitely because I mean, I think there's more rugby league clubs in South Wales than there is up in North, yeah. which is quite surprising. Um, but, as regards the, you know, for the national team, well, yeah, they, with France as well, they've got to start playing. They've, 
it's it's inevitable. If we're, if there's one thing that's come out of this complete mess of the World Cup, it's as far as I can see, has been like a like a thirst for the national teams playing. Um, regardless, you know, it's got to happen. Yeah, and it's got to happen soon. Hundred percent, man, and and add nines into the mix, whatever. That's fine. I, the more rugby league, the better. Yeah. I know there's a lot of talk over there. Well, I'm not. You're probably hearing more of it than I am. But there's a lot of talk about. You know, we need like a short form of the game. Is it nines? Is it something else? And the hundreds going on in the UK. And there's all this like, just talk about how rugby league needs to be re- revitalized, particularly in the north of England as well, which I know is you know not exactly your backyard, but you're probably closer to it than I am. But I mean, I don't know if nines is the answer or if there's something else, but what do you what do you think about that? Well, nines would be I th- nines is like a, a weekend yeah. competition a few times through the season would be a good draw anyway. Considering what cricket have done over the years, like introducing the one day and then the twenty twenty and now the hundred, um I think there's there could be ideas learned from that. Um, I know Castleford had a thing about sort of like a 12 aside, um, which included all the team, but that was interesting. But if you have the nines, then you're going to have the whole team involved anyway. Yeah. It's, it's such a demand on the, in one sense, the players for an intense time, but you would have the players there through through the tournament, um, but it it would be. I think it would be a boost. I think the nine. I mean, it's like with uh, soccer when they do some of the European nations in the off in the winter break. They do like six aside, mm-hmm. and that always seems to do well. But you know, never over here. But. Yeah, the nines, you can't go any lower than the nines, really, because you're going into union territory with the sevens. Yeah. But um, the, I definitely think the nines would be uh, a good thing. And also, I think maybe with skill level as well, because you're constantly, it's got to be moving and ball yeah. to hand control and eye coordination. That could have a dramatic effect anyway. Um, with the players in the long run, it's it can all link in together. I think it would be the way to go, and hopefully a crowd drawer as well, and telly yeah. as well. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It certainly will capture the attention of those with a shorter attention span or not necessarily rugby league fans. Some of the purists might not like like nines, but I think you're going to get that. You could get a real party atmosphere and I'd love to see even like a summer nines here in Australia. I don't think we're going to get that. I think I actually yeah. do think you're more likely to get something in, in Europe than we are in this part of the world when it comes to like more regular nines and like maybe more of a regular club format as well as a national format. I really do think Europe will lead the way there. Uh, but yeah, interesting yeah. question, man. Simon, thanks for your question and thanks for listening from Wales, mate. It's great to have you as a kangaroo chaser. And thank you as well. Good to speak to you at last. And uh, good luck with the episodes as well. Thanks, mate. We'll talk soon. And uh, yeah, have a good one. Thank you. Bye. All right. Simon from Wales. Nines. Definitely, um, definitely interesting. I feel like we get a lot of nines questions when it comes to stuff like this. And it just goes to show me how important 
nines is for people. Like they really want to just want to see it. Um, so yeah, who knows if, if that's a, if that's a gauge, it's definitely something worth doing. Let's hit back with an Australian call next. Let's see if he answers the phone. What is up, Cub? <laughs> is that uh, Mr. Ben Howard? It is, Cubs. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Welcome to the show. Finally, been trying to get you on for years and, uh, you know, finally got your registration for a, uh, for the listener call-in show. So great to have you, Ben. Yeah, great, great to be on for the end of the third season. <laughs> mate, season three coming to an end. Little bit, little bit sooner than we expected, but of course, with that World Cup news, we kind of thought, let's take the break, take the breather. But you'll be happy to know what we're doing next, um, which is uh, chasing Jillaroos, which was an idea that you mentioned to me a little while ago. It's going to be Big T and Mary Kay uh, following the NRLW season, so that's going to be what's uh, what's keeping chasing kangaroos media busy whilst I'm having a little bit of a break, mate. Yeah, that sounds fantastic, and hopefully, there's some good news. With the NRLW for us Dragons fans. Oh, mate, we need it, don't we? Did you? I, I actually, you know, uh, let me quickly say before we talk Dragons, because I'm sure we'll talk a bit of it, but Ben Howard, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, one of the bosses of Vanuatu Rugby League, doing some great things, very difficult, very grassroots, and, you know, it's obviously a hard one, but hard job, but he's doing a great one. And, mate, let's do a proper episode next season, season four, and talk, get you back on, talk all about Vanuatu Rugby League, because it's, it's, it's a story that, you know, we want to tell. So if you'd, if you'd love to do that, then we'd love to have you. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to come on and share a bit more about what we're doing over in Vanuatu. It'd be fantastic. 100%, man. We need another Dragons team in Vanuatu maybe as well. Um, <laughs> love love that you're a big Dragons fan, mate. And what do you think of the game today? I'm, I'm recording on the the day of the Dragons-Roosters game. We're officially out of the, comp- of the NRL this season, mate, which doesn't surprise me. But how do you think the boys went today? Yeah, it's one of those ones you go in thinking you're going to lose, you're down 14 nil. you think, okay, uh, just normal for our season. And then we, we score a few good tries, we get up 16-14, they build your hope up and then bang, take it away just as quickly. <laughs> Typical. It's, it's, it's the hope that kills you. Typical St. George fans, mate. It's tough. And you know what, though? I Look, I, there was no point where even when we're up 16-14, Maybe I had a little bit of hope that we could win it, but really there was never a point where I was like, yeah, we got this. But I have um, some of the young boys we have coming through, like there's so much potential there. And like at the moment, the passes aren't sticking, but they're not afraid to chip chase or throw little corner pa- little corner balls. And it's just really cool to see. So I think once some of the, the young guys, the Sloans and the Amones and the, the Sullies and all those sorts of guys, and we've got Lomax there as well, got a few good forwards coming in. I, I can only think that, you know, maybe we've got a bright future, but we'll, you know, maybe I'm a typical Dragons fan thinking that, mate, but I hope, I hope it's going to be better next year than this year. No, definitely. I think we've got probably the most exciting group of youngsters we've ever had, and we've obviously had um, a few of those that sort of came through for those 2005, 2006 teams, and obviously the team that won the premiership. Yeah. Um, I think this group of kids are better. Um Obviously, with Sloan, Amon, Sullivan, Corrick, um, who I think's got a really big future, Sherub, um, the Fago brothers. So, yeah. I, I, mean, I forgot them. Yeah, we just need a few middle forwards, which is obviously what Hook's recruiting. So, hopefully, we can get some good go forwards. And those younger guys with Hunt and uh, Lomax and Ravalara can play off the back of that. 
Sounds good to me, man. We'll leave the Red V talk to Jack Clifford and the Red V podcast, but uh, we are here, of course, to talk international footy, mate. So what question? What do you want to talk about? What question have you got for me? Yeah, um, a big, I thought it'd be great to discuss a big passion of mine, which is governance. Um, cool. And probably across two broad themes of board composition and federations. So in the last five years, we've seen some of the biggest governments perform in the history of international rugby league. Yep. Um, so I'd just be interested to hear your thoughts on if we get it right, what does our ideal governance look like for the sport moving forward? And I guess just to give an overview of where we are in terms of board composition. So International Rugby League Board now has three independent directors, including an independent chair, um, to go along with the, the nine appointed directors from the relevant nations and confederations. Uh, European Rugby League has got a mix of independent directors, appointed and member elected directors. Yep. And then Asia Pacific, which is sort of all appointed directors from all the nations that um, have full membership. Um, and then in terms of confederations, currently we obviously have European Rugby League and Asia Pacific Rugby League as functioning confederations, uh, with the current setup moving towards having both the Americas and Middle East Africa um, as well. And obviously they're already qualifying regions for World Cups. Yeah, so just be interested to, to hear your thoughts on on what you think it should look like. Mate, I, I, I think you've given a great summary, obviously. Um, we're starting to get at that board level, especially at International Rugby League, we're starting to get that right mix. We've got some independents and we've got some appointed board members, as you said. Um, we've got that in Europe and I think we're going to probably have that in Asia Pacific as well. You'd know more about that than I do. But I think that's the right, we're starting to get the right kind of mix there. And it wasn't too long ago that, you know, International Rugby League was like one and a half people working for it. So, like we've we've come a long way in that regard, and I think people don't realise that. And there's still uh, the biggest issue with with our boards and our confederations is money. There isn't a lot there, and and you know the World Cup not happening this year was a big blow in that regard. But you know with money comes power, and um, I see the great work that you know um, that Jeremy and like Steve Birchall and those guys are doing for Asia Pacific Rugby League, getting the news out there and really building. But obviously they haven't got the voice and the power yet in in the region that they need to have and they should have. Europe's the same. It's growing. But, you know, it wasn't too long ago that it was just International Rugby League and there was just a couple of people. So I'm I'm pretty happy with how it's sort of starting to turn out. I wish it could happen faster. And I think a lot of people get frustrated, Ben, um, that it's not where it should be. We're never going to be FIFA, <laughs> but but I think people you know, you see what happened this year with the World Cup and the power that the NRL had and, you know, the International Rugby League needs to grow um, to compete against that and, and we're going to need to see more um, domestic competitions rise to the level of the NRL or, or at least close to. So Super League needs to be stronger. You know, the French Elite One needs to be on par with Super League. You know, ideally, you know, a lot of our listeners want to see a strong North American Rugby League. All those sorts of things need to happen so that all of a sudden the NRL is not as powerful because they're not the richest comp or they're not supplying all of the most of the players for World Cups and things like that, so they don't have all the say. Um, the other side of things, the new confederation, so obviously Americas and, um, and Middle East Africa, really important. I understand we could be, and again, you might know more on this, Ben, but 
it could be four or five years before they are actual confederations, so we'll have the fall. Um, I think it needs to happen as soon as possible. We need, like, North America looking after North America, not Europe looking after North America. It's really important, and it's one thing that makes it difficult. Like, if, you know, someone in in um, in in Canada is relying on the European Rugby League, like, it's not right. Um, so we need to see those happening. I'd even like to see further splits down the line. Like, we've got Asia-Pacific. Well, that could be Asia as one, Pacific as another. MEA, like, you know, Middle East and Africa... You know, they could be separate down the track. And certainly with with the American side of things, there could be a north and a south, especially considering the explosion of rugby league happening in, in South America at the moment. So, look, it's going to take time. I think we're on the right track, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, probably the big one I'd like to see personally is probably that um, – Asia and Pacific splitting, just because the two are so different. Um, I mean, just in terms of everything, they're different, but at different levels of the game. Obviously, you've got fully professional competitions and lots of those nations, part of Asia Pacific and the Pacific, feed into that, yep. whereas Asia is quite new and emerging. And, and they're, quite, they're probably quite different things to rugby league as well. So if you were just... You put your NRL hat on and you're looking at those two markets. Um, Pacific's probably not going to give you a lot of economic return, but it's probably going to give you a a big player base, which is what you're looking for. Yeah. Whereas Asia might not necessarily give you that player base, but that that I guess there's a lot more money in Asia um, and that commercial return that the, the NRL might look at. And I mean, I just I just look at some of those bigger markets and. Could you imagine if India got got up and running and got a player in the NRL? Like yeah. what that would do to India and then you'd imagine on the back of that that the TV rights for India would be a lot more, I guess, worthwhile for the NRL. So, yeah, I just see um, those two as two big markets and for different reasons that the NRL um, with Asia Pacific and the International Rugby League could invest into. I love how you've put it. It's kind of like in business terms, like, the Pacific is the product that we're developing and the rest of Asia is the audience or the customers. Like, and there's a lot of potential there when you look at it that way. Even, and, and even the, the, the level or the longevity that the sport has been played in certain nations, like the first Asian nation coming on as a member being the Philippines, that only happened earlier this year. So there's a long time before, like, it's imp- obviously important that, Asia Pacific are bundled together because, you know, I don't think the Asian countries can look at, would be able to sort of look after them, not look after themselves. That's a harsh way to put it, but they, they it wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to put it together at this stage. I don't think so. In a similar way that, you know, the Americas are part of Europe at the moment, then Asia is part of the Pacific in this case. But I agree with you, man. It's got to grow. You get you get an Indian in the NRL. You know, the Philippines, who I've mentioned, like it's such a big populous country like there's got to be some pain houses over there right so <laughs> or people that are interested in watching the game so um plenty of potential mate really good question thanks for it yeah not a problem ben um mate i'll leave you there because i've got a few others that i want to get to but mate i'm looking forward to having you on the pod for season four to talk vanuatu rugby league yeah and just for all, all the viewers out there if you want to get a bit of taste of vanuatu first Obviously, go to chasingroos 
Venomartijersey.com where you can pick up your Venomartijersey jersey. <laughs> thanks, mate. I didn't have to do an ad for this episode. That's perfect. Chasingroos.com. Thanks for doing it. No worries, mate. Take care. <laughs> Cheers, Ben. <laughs> oh, Ben Howard. Love that guy. Oh, thanks for thanks for putting him in, Big T. Um, and yeah, a bit of Vanuatu for next season. That's going to be awesome. All right. Let's try this one. Hello. It's the famous Mary Kay. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm just, you know, trying to call people. It's a listener call in show. You're on, you're live, Mary Kay. Well, okay. thanks for having me. I'm glad I stayed up past my bedtime. This is fantastic. Oh, didn't you say your bedtime's nine o'clock? It's one to nine, so I've got one minute. But you st- no, no, no. You've got as much time as you need, carbs. You sound as professional and chirpy as you always do. So if this is bedtime, then, you know, that, that's crazy. You're fantastic stuff. How you doing? Yeah, look, doing okay. I mean, in lockdown, desperate to see some footy, but, you know, doing okay. What about you? Yeah, I'm good. You know, I was saying a big T earlier, like lockdown's been tough, um, but we're getting there. And I think we're going to look back on it and... We're going to remember the the nice stuff, like being together with the family or, in your case, you know, hanging out with Jimmy, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, although you're probably, you're, you're probably okay playing video games and watching. <laughs> you guys are probably, I would love to be like a couple without kids in lockdown. I think that would be an awesome time. I feel like the way we're sort of getting through it is thinking that every day we are one day closer to being free. I don't know when that's going to be, but every day that we get through, we're one day closer. We're almost there. We're almost there. Stay, stay, stay strong. Um, mm-hmm. Mary, glad to have you as part of the Chasing Kangaroos family, Chasing Jillaroos. Big T mentioned it earlier, and uh, we're just pumped to have you on, mate. Really excited. Uh, I'm so grateful to be part of this family. Honestly, Carbs, you and Big T have been doing incredible work, particularly in growing the game of International Rugby League. And I feel like fans of the women's game are just going to get on board. And I'm just so grateful to be given a platform to be able to talk women's footy. 100%, man. Well, we're grateful that you you said yes when we asked you. And, you know, I knew you were going to say yes. It was kind of like when I proposed to my wife. I knew she was going to say yes, but you're still a bit nervous. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it was fantastic. No, I'm thrilled and I can't wait. So do you have any questions for me or are we just plugging the uh, the Chasing Jillaroos podcast? I think we're just plugging Chasing Jillaroos, but also, I mean, there's been big news in Women's Rugby League this week. I think the competition is actually going to be postponed, it's oh, looking like. What happened? When's it being postponed to? Well, we don't know, but the reality is, Carbs, that with Sydney lockdown going all the way to the end of September now, it means that the teams can't come together for pre-season training. And you know as well as I did, the women's game faces challenges that the men's game doesn't because it's not full-time professional. I mean, in an ideal world, you'd move up to Queensland, right? There are too many New South Wales athletes to do that. And then it's too hard to bring the athletes down here. So, look... What I'm hearing, the NRL is everything that they can to get the competition going. So I don't think a lack of want on their part, but yeah. we're just dealing with really difficult circumstances at the moment. Oh, it is tough. I'm hoping it happens this year. I hadn't heard that yet, so it must be pretty fresh news or maybe you've got some inside info, Mary, but um, it does make a lot of sense. I'm going to have to let Tino. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, Scott Bailey from AAP did a piece on it, I think it late last week. We should expect to hear something, I think, early this week. But yeah, given the news we had this week, um, it wouldn't surprise me. I guess it just means we've got more time to build up to chasing Jill. 
That's all right. We'll keep building. I'm sure T's loving doing the interviews in the lead up to it. So he's probably going to just have to chuck in, you know, a few more, which I'm sure um, he loves talking to footy people. So he's going to love it. I'm sure we can find plenty more people to talk to. <laughs> now that we've got you on board and your long list of contacts, Mary Kay, it's going <laughs> to be sensational. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm going to leave it at that. It's you past your bedtime now, 9.03, and we'll uh, we'll get on to the next caller, Mary. But thanks for chasing Get Gurus with me tonight. Thanks, Carbs. Thanks for the call. <laughs> talk soon. See you. Bye. Oh, Mary Kay, I love you, but that's terrible news. What are we going to do? I chase kangaroos with carbs and big T. <laughs> You're chasing with carbs only tonight, unfortunately. Um, We're locked down. Who am I speaking to? Uh, Chris Reed. Uh, Chris Reed, the famous Chris Reed. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. You've, you're finally on the show. It's taken 125 finally. episodes. Finally. Yep. Yep. I feel like you're just trying to shut me up now. No, man. I've got, look, you've, <laughs> the floor is now yours. You can talk about whatever you want for the next five, six, seven, maybe even ten minutes. Great. <laughs> did you watch the Dragons game today? Did I see? I did, yeah. How was it, mate? Out in Toowoomba. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was good. It was good. It was because um, it being, being a regional um, field. There it was a bit. I don't know if they prepared for how big it was going to be. So it looked. Jam- it took us quite. It looked quite a while to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. mate. Yeah. yeah it was, it was really good. And the field was beautiful. Jeez, I don't know the groundsman was saying the groundsman should have been there. Match was it was, <laughs> dudes, it was looking gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, it looked great. It's, there's always a positive. Recording a podcast with Big T, I learned there's always positives and like getting to have games out there like that, like it's pretty cool. And you know, let's not talk about the scoreline or anything. But mate, what did you want to talk about with me tonight? Um, I don't, yeah, I got too many things to talk about. I don't know what. Um, I was, I was going to ask about. Um, I guess what more could be about the kangaroos brand. Really? That's an awesome question. Um, because we know they're not playing games. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> you know, I feel like you'd have to be pretty incompetent not to be able to push basically the best rugby team in the world. Yeah. I get this question a lot on the socials, Chris. And look, the first thing you got to do to push the brand is have a product. They don't have one at the moment, they're not playing games. So that's the first thing. And obviously it's been hard with COVID, but I don't buy the excuse. Like I buy the excuse to an extent, but to not go to the World Cup or to not play a match against New Zealand or to not have a game, at least one game, you know, they could have done something this season. Um, so, you know, they firstly, they need a product. That's what you got to do with the brand. But it's hard, you know. We always talk about, okay, the All Blacks are such a big rugby brand around the world. Why aren't the Kangaroos that big when they're, when they're, you know, arguably better, more skilled, faster, stronger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I guess it's the lack of competition in more recent times. But things are growing, which is great. It's, you know, you know, it's really funny. It's weird, it's weird things for me. Like, you look at the All Blacks, the jerseys are black. They look, they look cool. Um, yeah. It sounds cool. Um, they've got such a great long history that has been celebrated for such a long time. Like, it takes time to build a brand. Whereas look yeah, at the kangaroos, yeah. doesn't kangaroos doesn't sound as cool as all blacks. You know, the green and gold jersey, it's not as nice to wear as an all black and a little bit of white jersey. And they just we haven't celebrated the history. Like we just haven't. Like and yeah. probably because of, you know, what happened with the Super League War twenty five years ago, but we just have never done it. And you know as well as I do, Chris, like 
the the biggest thing in branding is telling that story and the kangaroos don't have one they they do but they don't tell it and i think we just need to get out there more games talk about it biggest rugby team in the world best rugby team in the world and i don't know what i don't know if there's a short-term solution but there was all that talk last year do you remember about the kangaroos playing the all blacks in like a one-off hybrid sort of game yeah. or like half a game yeah. of league yeah. half a game in i don't know if i like that but i feel like the quickest way to sort of get into the international rugby psyche or to for the kangaroos mm-hmm. to be seen as the best yeah. r- rugby team in the world yeah. it's to kick the all blacks ass and i, I don't know yeah. if they would do that if there was a game like that but um like how else can we get on to that sort of stage? I don't know. It's a tough one, man. Have you thought, it's you've a, put a lot of thought into it, I'm guessing. Oh, it's just, it's just it's frustrating, what ifs, I guess. I guess that, that when you brought up that hybrid hybrid game, that sort of begs the question, why was it back in the news cycle again when they had no intentions of playing? Yeah. I know it was a quickly evolving situation with COVID, but uh, it was. It seemed like that maybe they were building towards something. Yeah. But, uh, and then it just never happened. Uh, I know there was uh, talk about Mal Meninga was keen. I know some of the – I spoke to some of the promoters behind it. Um, they were really pushing for it. And I think a lot of yeah. the a lot of the, um, the media buzz came from them. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I don't think it was ever really something set in stone. But it is funny. Like, I feel like you look at what's happening in the news at the moment with the, the All Blacks and the Wallabies. I feel like yeah. the All Blacks' relationship with – the NRL or the Kangaroos might be a little bit better than their relationship with Rugby Australia or the Wallabies. <laughs> so I've just been I've just been catching up on all that yeah. too, just just today, and I was thinking it sort of got me thinking. It's probably one time for for whoever if the NRL want to do it, but really to rip in there and get New Zealand on side in the in the rugby league and just take over. Really, like they've got the money, they can do it. Just I, don't know. I know I'm a big advocate of. New Zealand too, um, as an expansion yeah. club. Yeah, uh, and I think I, ho- I hope that this this the Brisbane whatever Brisbane club gets the green light. I hope they're, they're using that as a bit of a cash cow to, to to fund the New Zealand or Perth. But I think New Zealand will pay dividends much faster, just with the amount of juniors and and already it's got that they've already got the rugby you know the rugby uh, culture I guess. Uh, whereas uh, Perth, not so much. The word I'm hearing, mate, is that New Zealand 2 is the go. So as we yeah. speak right now, it'll be Brisbane 2, obviously, and then New Zealand 2 will come after that. It'll probably be announced, you know, 2020, or at this stage. It keeps getting put like the 17th team keeps getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. But the plan mm-hmm. right now is obviously 17th team to be announced in the next couple of weeks, obviously, and them given some runway to probably start in 2024. But that 18th team being a second team in New Zealand would probably be announced in 2023-ish. That's what I'm hearing right now. And it'll probably sort of, it'll probably, it'll probably come around like the end of season 2023, like around the Nines World Cup sort of, sort of period where we'll hear about it. So I think that's the plan right now, man. I think you're onto something. I'm, I'm a bit worried because it seems like someone's put thought into it. <laughs> Maybe. It's, it's, it's very rare. It seems to be. Yeah, that's what very I'm, rare yeah, in rugby league. I'm terrified. Yeah. This is new territory. Yeah, well, maybe it's a good thing. But it sounds like, so your plan, like, you, you, your suggestion is that the NRL needs to um, start poaching um, all blacks. Is that what I'm hearing? Mm, maybe not even poaching. I think just 
you know, picking out the seams because it seems like that, that, you know, there's a rift between the union in Australia, which is going down the cable, and rugby union in New Zealand. And they don't seem to be getting along. I was reading some article saying that, yeah. you know, after, after everything that's happened with COVID, we've worked out in South, South Africa doing their own thing in Europe or whatever. We realize we don't even really like each other. Yeah. <laughs> on a sort of organizational basis, New Zealand, the uh, NZRU and the ARU, or whatever they're called now, um, don't seem to get along, you know, after everyone sits back and takes a look. That could be, um, and, well, that could answer yeah. your question. That could be the best way to grow the Kangaroos brand. And that mm. is, if you remember, did you ever watch um, like WWE wrestling, WWF wrestling as a kid? <laughs> Did, so yeah, imagine yeah. like the 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 All Blacks just one day converted to league like that would be like that was like NWO yeah, and they all yeah. convert to like whatever yep, yep. WWE, WWE yeah. or something. Yeah. If that happened, that would probably be the best best thing <laughs> best thing to happen. But anyway, mate, you've used uh, wrestling analogies. I always use them. I use them a lot with um, whenever I'm talking about rugby league in the states, in particular in the US. I use wrestling <laughs> analogies because I think there's a lot of similar. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. And I used to love, you know, back in the day, man, The Rock, etc. But um, Kurt Angle. You're the Vince McMahon of rugby league. Cubs McMahon, they call me. No, they don't. <laughs> but, mate, Chris, I better yeah. I better leave it there, mate, because we're going to get uh, Twitter trolls stalking us if we keep talking about the All Blacks converting <laughs> to rugby league. So well, let's leave Shout it. Shout out to Mungo Ball. Whatever his name is, we, we, we think we figured it out. Dave. Hey, okay. I'm going to let you go, man. All right, man. Thanks, Chris. Good to chat, buddy. All right. Yeah, you too. Bye. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. All right. This one's going to the States. It's an American number. Mr. Carbs. Who am I speaking to? Uh, I'm Jim. Jim from Boston. How's it going, brother? <laughs> Jim from Boston, bereft of the dial on uh, on Twitter. And we, That's me. We talk a lot, but um, mate, how you doing? We do over there in Boston. Nice to find. Not too meet, bad, man. Nice to meet you, Jim. It is indeed. It is indeed. Yeah, we're actually uh, we're actually preparing for a hurricane here. No. Hurricane Henri is bearing down on us, oh, but uh, it's just raining so far. So, Hurricane Henri sounds like a pretty funky hurricane. Like sounds like a. Cool, uh, it could cool be, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it could be interesting. It could be interesting. <laughs> How, so I'm sure, uh, let's see, what, 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 what question? I have so many questions. Well, hit, hit me with uh, one, especially, I might even let you hit me with two, if you've got a few. I'll, I'll, I'll let, 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 my, my question is, uh, seeing as, um, I guess my biggest question the last couple of weeks is, what in the world is going on with the Ottawa Aces? <laughs> Seeing as we found out now that they're not playing in the in the Canada Cup game and a uh, lot of lot of confusion in, in their fan base, I, I think that's my number one question. The Ottawa Aces are a funny one, and they've got you know obviously some good rugby league people there that um, that are that are steering the ship, but they have bounced around this year. So I guess they've got league being a part of the League One. In the UK structure, there the UK pyramid was always on the cards, mm. and and I don't know. Obviously, they've said that's their goal for next year for 2022. I don't know how realistic that is going to be. I know they're trying their best. Um, I think the best way for them to do that is to have a team based um, in the UK um, for 2022. I can't see the travel happening even next year. I feel like we've been talking about mm. COVID for way too long, um, but. You know, if that's their goal, I think that's the best way they're going to have to do it, which is a real shame because it means not a lot of Canadian players 
um, unless they can move them over there. I'm I'm still not sure as to where they stand with the NARL, and I know you know they've got um, Eric Perez, who was obviously the, the the founder of Ottawa Aces, very strong personality. Not sure if he's always seen eye to eye with the NARL guys. You know, there's probably been a few little hiccups along the way, and very he was obviously very keen to be a part of all that. Still might be. Not sure if that's completely you know done and dusted. But, um, you know, we might be in one of those hiccup stages in that regard. Um, you know, it's good to see the Wolfpack doing, you know, ha- like... Something. Yeah, doing something. So they've got their sort of trial matches and getting all of that happening. So, and I'll tell you now, the what I'm hearing from the Wolfpack at the moment, or Wolfpack version 2.0, I'm really excited about. It's not going to be as big and, and flamboyant and, and, you know, expensive as version 1.0. But what I'm seeing from the Wolfpack at the moment is Canadians running it, very passionate people behind right. it, and Canadians playing. So to me, that's really exciting. And whether the Wolfpack reaches the heights that they did before, I think it's just a different, they're taking a different path now. And I'm really excited to see what they come up with over the next, you know, few years and few decades as well. So change the subject there a little bit, mate. But um, yeah, that's, that's, the the aces that's, is an no, interesting that, one. That's pretty much my question. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, it's an interesting one with the aces. I wish I could answer it definitely. Um, I get the no. That's but I get the feeling there can be no there can more. be no definitive answers in 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 North American rugby, North American rugby <laughs> league. There can be no definitive answers. That that seems to be the that seems to be our uh, our issue. Nothing can ever be definitive. <laughs> it's a tough time over there at the moment, as you know, you are well aware, and you're seeing it, man. Like you're seeing what's going on between the USARL oh, and the NARL, like you're right there. You're in, oh, God. You're in Boston. So I don't know, like even the, your club, are you a Boston 13s fan? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were one of the, they were one of the first team. That, I mean, the first team I ever saw was the old Oneida Rugby League in, in the AMNRL. Oh, cool. And then I, then I, I saw one 13s game uh, before I moved away. Um, but now that I'm back, I, w- I was hoping to see more. But um Apparently, I was I was I saw uh, Robin Piers, the the uh, the great Robin Piers, yeah. was on uh, hold the ball the other day, and uh, apparently they're they're trying to after saying I think it was two weeks ago, uh, they they said that they they weren't going to be able to play any games, and then he was talking to hold the ball, and now he's saying they are going to try to play some games. So hopefully, hopefully we can get something there. It's really interesting how this season has gone, and look the the battles behind like off the field between the NARL USARL have been interesting to to watch there's a lot of um there's a lot of i think you know and you know as well as i do jim like there are players on both sides that are unhappy administrators on both sides that are unhappy um there's there has to be some change it has to sort of all work together the only the only people the only administrators that seem to have their shit together at the moment is california and even even in Cali, like they've they're, they're stringing games together, but they they're on a ten day break now because of COVID. So they're right. sort of their season sort of on pause, but they'll get it done. Um, and they've done a great job to to go to six clubs and get some action there, and they're doing things a little bit differently. But just seeing how NARL, you know, obviously not happening this year was a big blow. They're getting a few games, as you're saying, and and but USARL, look at that, like it's it's you know they pretty much didn't have a northern division this year. Um, like it's, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of teams there and, um, the only bright side has been Tampa Bay, um, uh, 
upsetting Jacksonville in their Southern League final, so they'll go play play Delaware in the final. But you know, it's it's interesting times, and it's going to be interesting to see how the next twelve to twenty four months plays out over there, and what it looks like once it's done. Yeah, I mean that's the history of our sports leagues. However, if you're if if you know anything about it, is there's always two. There's all you know the the, the modern NFL yeah. is the the result of two leagues fighting and then merging, and then the current NBA is is the is the was the uh, they absorbed the old ABA in the eighties, uh, the NHL absorbed the WHA in the seventies. So there's there's always been you know factionalism and and uh, the two organizations who, who don't want to get on the same page. It, it, that that's sort of the history of our sports leagues. But I was kind of hoping we could avoid that with with rugby league. But I guess it's endemic to the culture. But is that always geographic? Like is it like say with the NBA and the A whatever like is it is it like an east coast west coast thing or has it no um it's it's usually so like the nfl uh was too expensive to get in so people started their own league and then they started they started the old it's funny because you're australian and when you guys say afl if you're an american that means american football league (laughs) where the patriots and the jets and the miami dolphins came from yeah so that was kind of weird when i started following your sports uh, it, it's not always geographic. Ge- geography is, has played a role because then the um, the we'll say challenger league tries to inhabit cities that the uh, incumbent league is not in, um, and then so then when they merge or if they do merge, then the incumbent ends up being in places it wasn't before, uh, or the incumbent will go to new places because the challenger it might go there. Yeah, gotcha. So it sort of le- it sort of has led to a geographical spread over time. Um, but the NIRL was going to be in places that I mean, USARL is basically an East Coast thing. Um, there, there's nothing west of you know. They've been trying to you know the the stockyarders and yeah. there was the mooted uh, Columbus Voyagers Club that's been bouncing around for I think at least four years now. Yeah. Um, that that's that's that sort of follows along with with the, the history of our sports leagues. They were trying to be in places that the that the current one isn't. Yeah. Um, but with you know with the size of the United States, it, it's it's I mean, it's the same size. It's the same size as Australia. We just have a lot more people. Uh, it makes the logistics, you know, travel is is extremely expensive, and and uh, uh, that hasn't helped with COVID. Uh, the, the the travel, the airline prices are through the friggin' roof. Hotel costs are through the friggin' roof. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that that it's it's tough for teams to do things this year. I'm a little dismayed by the fact there doesn't seem to be uh, an overall league. You know, teams seem to be doing this. Uh, you know piecemeal and, and trying to do their own thing rather than there be some sort of overarching league structure that's that's trying to do it. And and I've been following fringe leagues here going back to like the nineties when I was a teenager, like yeah. roller hockey, there was a pro roller hockey league and we've had God knows how many minor league soccer leagues we've had. Yeah. More than you can shake a stick at absolute alphabet soup of those. Um, but hopefully like you know, like you're saying, you know, you, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and that, that makes it I mean it makes it interesting. Yeah. But it makes, <laughs> it's interesting. It's a little frustrating. Okay. But very frustrating. And for someone like people like us who've been following for a while, you said you've been around since uh AMNRL days, like that's your hardcore man. You've been, yeah. you've seen it. You've seen this but what's happening uh, yeah, now? You've seen it before and that's what's scary. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's 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 we're we're going we I mean it is, you know, like we've been talking about it. This sort of the history of our sports leagues, and certainly a history of rugby league fighting. Yeah, oh my god, love fighting um, ourselves. Love fighting, <laughs> love it. Um, it blows my mind. 
it, it, I, you know, I was, I, I was saying, I forget who I was talking to. And I was like, well, I was talking to one of our fellow expansionists and, and uh, maybe somebody will remind me when you release this, but you know, that this is just, is it, is it in the culture? Is it in the sport itself? Like, is it something that Steeden uses to make the balls that people touch <laughs> it and then they fight like this? I don't, there has to be something I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. We need to move away from Steed and that's the solution. I don't know if that's right. No, nah, no. Nah. There it is, right? Yeah. We'll have to get Rawlings yeah. or some maybe some American company that's never made a ball before can do it and then we can get it going there. Uh, the way so I would I think the way to go is you when you hit you hit the nail on the head with the size of, of America. And even in Australia, man, Australia's big. Our population's not as big, but you know, it's very hard to have a national... Yeah, ge- geographically, yeah, yeah. the countries are almost the exact same yeah. size. I would love to see... So, with, um, with the NRL, so our history is we started... So, the, there used to be two... I guess the two most popular leagues in Australia were the New South Wales Rugby League, which the new the NRL has, has sort of evolved into. And there was the QRL, the Queensland Rugby League, which is now like our se- a second-tier competition under the NRL. So there was two strong leagues and they were sort of in, you know, in early day. And even the country rugby leagues, like Newcastle Rugby League had a very strong league and that's when city country was was important because you had guys in the country that were as good as some of the New South Wales Rugby League players, but, you know, they worked in the country and they played in the country. So country city was, was an important thing. And so you had these little leagues that sort of, you know, eventually became the NRL, so to speak. And I think that's the way to go over there too. So I like what California Rugby League's doing, what Tom's doing over there. They've got their... Yeah, Tom Tom is a legend. They've got their state. They're looking inside their state. They're looking after their state. You know, I'd love to see a New York League. You know, I'd love to see a Florida League. I'd love to see a New England League. Like, there should be more Boston 13s. Like, they should be trying to spread it like that. So you should have all these little state leagues popping up all over the place. And then you don't have to worry about travel so much. Like you're playing within your state and, you know, there might be a few hours drive here and there, but I'd love to see basically what Cali Rugby League's doing sort of replicated all over the place. And then on top of that, so that's like your amateur sort of grassroots level. And you can have like, you can grow into schools and universities and things like that below that, right? Um, But then above that, I would have state of origin right so state of origin is something that rugby league has that is unique you know to any other sport in the world i believe and i think america is a perfect place to take advantage of that so if you imagine you got your california league and then at the end of that the best cali players go and play the best new york players and go and play the best new england players and go and play you know you know what i mean so you can have like a massive and that's where your pro league starts to grow. It's like a state of origin style thing, which is fed from the domestic leagues. And I've always thought mm. that that would be a great way to, it, it will take a while, but I always thought that that would be a great model for rugby league in the United States in particular. And it could work, mm. you know, in Canada as well, you know, British Columbia rugby league, et cetera, et cetera. Province of origin. Province of origin. That could work as well. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's how they yeah, they don't have we we have states, you have states, they have they have provinces. Yeah. But yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. That, that that that's an interesting idea. Nobody's we don't really have anything like that. Um our closest thing to state of origin would I guess be college football. Yeah. Because the colleges originally and, and for many years, although not anymore, but for a good half a century or more, pretty much only you know so the university of california you must have gone to california you know yeah. you must be from california yeah. university of texas you must be from texas and that's why college football is so popular yeah. um 
it's almost as big as the NFL is. It's it's a billion dollar industry. It's 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 ridiculous. And, so it, yeah. There are aspects of there are aspects of college football that you could build on. Yeah. Uh, to try to do something like that. That's why I think it would work that way because you guys are so patriotic, but you're actually also you you you're very passionate about where you're from. You know what I mean? And and we are too to a degree yeah. in Australia, but no one does it like you guys do. And I think if we can use that i think that's the best way to grow it and it works in so many different ways like we said geographically you don't have to travel from no. north to south to east to west you don't have to do that and you can you can play for fun but you if you really want to go pro then there's a platform to do that as well and that's how i'd do it if i was you know if i was doing things over there it's an interesting idea all right mate uh jim great to finally all speak right, to you man i hope we can have more chats hey, in the future too, man. We've been talking for so long. I, I, I forgot. I forgot to tell you what my name is. I mean, at least we got that out of the way. Well, there you go, Jim. I'll never forget that now. Hey, there you go. It's very simple. Thanks for chasing All right, carbs. me, mate. Hey, man. Thank you so much for calling. Talk to you soon. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. He's a Jim is a legend. I love that guy. He's good. I'm glad we got to, we got to have some American chat, right? It's always a way. It's getting late here in Australia, so let's call another Aussie or two. Hello, Andrew. Speaking. Oh, Andrew. Carbs from Chasing Kangaroos. Hi, hi, hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Perfect timing. I just, I just put my daughter to bed, and uh, was just walking downstairs. Just said good night. It's a bit late, but uh, I was going to say she has a late bedtime, <laughs> mate. Is that a? Uh, it's, I think, I think, um, bit of a lockdown, uh, yeah, <laughs> lockdown situation. Everything's gotten later because she, um, my daughter, she. Uh, uh, well, she's she's in year five, so she's not, ah, she's not gotcha. super young, but she's um, we've just gotten lazy because homeschooling don't have to get up at normal time. Yeah, it's <laughs> getting she hard. Isn't just it? get up and roll, <laughs> get up and roll out of bed uh, just before the uh, homeschooling starts, and then that means she's staying up later as well. But uh, yeah, anyway, we're struggling. My so, my son is in bed. He's he's three. He's in bed by seven thirty on the dot. He'll crash yeah. straight away. I put him down, say good night, give him a big cuddle. He's he's yeah. gone as soon as I walk out yeah. the door. He's asleep. <laughs> My daughter, yeah, right. she's in kindergarten and she's starting to push it. You know, you put him to bed and there's always an excuse like, oh, dad, I'm thirsty. Oh, okay, come back upstairs. Here's some water. Go back. Oh, yeah. oh I just, dad, I'm, I just, uh, yeah, there's always something. I just had that one with my daughter just then. Like I was trying to, I, I said goodnight and she said, can I have some water downstairs? Always the water. Yeah. So now yeah. then you start like you come up with the water. You bring him to bed. Here's the water. Like you try and solve those <laughs> problems, but there's always something. So I think she's trying yeah. to push it to, to an eight o'clock bedtime. I think we're sort of getting there. But mate, 9.30, whoa. Okay, that's crazy. So I'm assuming you're in Sydney, mate. No, I'm in Sydney. Yep. I'm in Balmain. Ah, Balmain. You need me. In yeah. a West. Yeah. In a West. In a West. Are you a, yep. you a to- old so, Tigers fan or? No, I'm a Canterbury fan. Oh, how that? But my daughter goes for the Tigers. There you go. Big T will be very. So happy. She, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she, uh, my daughter worked out from a young age that she was in Tiger Town. Ah. And um, decided she wasn't going to go for Dad's team. Yeah. She was going to go for the Tigers. So, I, t- I take her to watch. Tigers games at Leichhardt. Yeah, cool. And uh, occasionally, well, not this year, uh, occasionally I convince her to go and watch Bulldogs yeah. games with me as well. Yeah. So we're actually members of two clubs, which is funny. Well, that's pretty cool though. Like, yeah. it's, it's cool that you, you've come made peace with that because uh, if my kids yeah. said they're going for anyone other than the, than the Dragons, I'd probably sort of kick them out of the house for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way I looked at it was as long as she likes league, yeah. I'm happy Good at the point. end of the day. How do you are you from Canterbury Bankstown originally, or how do you become a doggies fan? No, I um I'm actually I grew up in the eastern suburbs actually, oh, yeah. so I was Roosters territory. Yeah, um, but when I was a kid, 
So I grew up in the eighties, yep. and when I was a kid, um, the roosters were pretty rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I went for them for about a year when I was about uh, eight or something, yep. and then all the kids at school, <laughs> I went. I went to school in Paddington. Yeah. All the kids. <clears throat> all the kids in school went for either Canterbury or Parramatta. Of course, and we in had the a 80s. teacher. Yeah. yeah, and this was the middle of the eighties, and um, and we had a teacher who went for St George. Legend. And so no one, could, yeah, no one wanted to go for St George, <laughs> but went for Canterbury and Parramatta, and we sort of chose teams, and I chose Canterbury, and they won that. They won that year. Yeah, and uh, that was eighty four, and uh, and just that was it. Never changed ever since then. Even though I then moved. We then moved to Bondi Junction. Yeah. I was like virtually around the corner from East Leagues Club, yeah. where I spent most of my childhood. No, never went for the Roosters. Well, they weren't good until we the, dogs. the late nineties, were they? The Roosters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and as it turned out, even when I went to high school, went to high school in the eastern suburbs, and I, I just became mates with a bunch of guys who went for Canterbury as well, just by yeah. coincidence. That's cool. Even though we went to a yeah. we went to a, a, a private school in the eastern suburbs, <laughs> I happened to find a. Bunch of blokes who went for the Bulldogs, and we used to catch the train over to Belmore every other week to watch the Bulldogs cool from East and Suburbs. That's cool. So, it's good. There you go. It's good to have some private school people watching rugby league instead of rugby, and that's nice. Yeah, though. well, that was the thing because we, <laughs> I, 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 most of my mates were, you know, we were we were public school kids at, at primary school, and then we went to a we went to a private school, yeah. and we and all the you know, and and it was all rugby union, um, but we were like. Oh, you know, we we grown up, you know, in our younger days watching league. It was like, oh, we don't want to convert to rugby union. We are sticking to rugby league, yeah. and it's stayed that way ever since. Yeah. Mate, um, I'll give you a chance to ask a question. I got one. What you should be asking yeah, yeah. questions, but um, Canterbury <laughs> fan uh, Gus Gould has banned me on Twitter recently. But how do you feel about oh. Gus being, you know, at the helm? Oh, mixed feelings because I think you know he's obviously got a lot of sway. Yeah, in the game. And you've got a lot of influence, and he's you know he's got a pretty good track track record, and I think he can do good good things for for Canterbury. But on the other hand, there are certain things that I totally disagree with him about, yeah. specifically to do with international footy in the World oh, Cup lately, man. Oh my god! So I think I, I tweeted something when he was making this those you know infuriating comments about the World Cup um, about you know Gus. I like the fact that you that you, that you Coming to Canterbury, but I can't. Agree. I disagree <laughs> with you 100 percent on the World Cup. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he's probably good for the dogs. But um, yeah, did he block you after he said that or no? No, he didn't because he mentioned Canterbury. Um, I, guess. I think because I was balanced. I knew <laughs> I knew I was a chance of being blocked if I if I was if I said exactly what I wanted to say because I was I was um, oh that whole period you know when the World Cup was you know in doubt. Um, I was. It was just. It was just. I was. I was. You know, there were infuriating things yeah, man. being said on Twitter, and and um, yeah, I was following you. Well, I do follow you, and I saw Thanks, you. Were, you know, you were pretty uh, forthright <laughs> in your comments, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I put a couple out there. And um, but I was. Yeah, I tried to be balanced because I didn't want to be blocked by. By Gus. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. So, mind. Uh, I didn't. I sort of it became a little badge of honor being blocked by Gus. Everyone was like, yeah. showing their <laughs> screenshots, and I was like, yeah. So at Chasing Roost Pod, if anyone's interested in following along. But mate, uh, Andrew, you, what's your question for me, mate? What do you want to talk about? I've asked plenty of questions of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so well, along those lines, actually. So okay. um, I've, you know, I haven't forget what 
just tweeted about um, his view that the NRL should take over International Rugby League. And, you know, to anyone like you or me or anyone who likes, you know, who cares about International Rugby League, the idea that um, a a national governing body would take over the international governing body is just, you know, self-evidently ludicrous, right? Yeah. But then, but I was thinking, well, maybe maybe there's a little grain of some sort of, you know, not truth, but an, an idea there. Yeah. Um, so what I was thinking was, how do you think, what do you think the NRL could do that would benefit International Rugby League yep. that would also benefit them? Good question. Because there must be there must be something that the NRL could do, some way they could contribute without taking over international rugby league. So there must be something they could do that would actually help them, yeah, as well as the international game. Yeah, I'd like your thoughts on that. I think the obvious one that springs to my mind immediately is um, they need some international games. That, like, okay, that rep window, which apparently is closing yep. next year, like we should have. Yep. Yeah. four weeks in the middle of the season that is dedicated to state of origin and international games because I think that New Zealand versus Tonga um, or even like Tonga versus Samoa or, and yeah. you know, and, and England come and play New Zealand or, you know, yeah. stuff like that during that period, there is potential there for, you know, for state of origin times two or three with all of yeah. that happening in that four-week period. Um, yeah. It's all mostly NRL play. Like if it, New Zealand versus Tonga, like imagine that happened every week. So we had State of Origin on Wednesday, New Zealand versus Tonga on Fridays yeah. in Auckland, and you know you could have you could have one of those in Para. You have one of those in Tonga if you really want to, if you can, if it can yeah. be done. But that could very quickly become as exciting, uh, as passionate, as intense, and maybe even yeah. as profitable as State of Origin. So. Yeah. If you can time, if you can time state of origin, origin by two, I don't understand. And I look COVID aside, they could yeah. they could be doing they could be at least planning for that. You know, once COVID's oh. over, they could be planning for that. So that's the first. That's the biggest thing for me. Like yeah. I would like re, I'm with you. yeah restructuring the season so that you've got. Yeah. I would go like, I would actually go. I want to see. I would like to see shorter NRL seasons. So I really like yeah. how the NFL do it. And I'm not saying we go 16 rounds, but I love that the NRL, NFL is here. It's fast. And before you know it, it's done. And it's like, wow, that was incredible. When does this happen again? We sort of yeah. have yeah. long periods in the middle of um, in the middle of our season where, you know, there's state of origin and half the teams are shared and players are missing yeah. and games don't really count because it's not your full strength sides and it's yeah. really shit and this year more than any I've yeah, heard it brings it down it does it brings the NRL season yeah. down it's a, yeah. it dragged through that middle of the season I, I've heard the term rugby league fatigue more than any other season this year and I I felt it yeah. there was after and it might have been there might have been something to do with the World Cup announcement but after the World Cup I didn't watch NRL for three weeks and that includes my Dragons I probably watched five minutes of Dragons yeah, so right. I didn't watch it I didn't care I was like you know people were messaging me like oh did you see that I'm like no I, like I just didn't care I was spending time with my family I was doing other things and you know, I've I've since gone back and I've watched a few games here and there, and I certainly yeah, watched yeah. my Dragons games at the very least. Um, but I've I felt fatigue, 
NRL fatigue this year for sure. And I'm sure a yeah. lot of people, a lot of other people do. It's very tough. So I think yeah. we can't, and I think the reason we don't shorten our season is we, um, we think that's where the money is, but I'd, I would argue yeah. that there'd be, there'd be, there'd be just as much, if not more in having a more scarce product and introducing more internationals. So if you had a 22 round season, if you had 11 rounds, like, yeah. so season 1.0, 11 rounds, and then you have your four weeks state of origin and internationals, New Zealand, Tonga, yeah. Fiji and Papua New Guinea, oh. like yeah, Samoa and England. Imagine that, like just stuff like oh, that will bring yeah. France over. Like just, you can, you, you know, then you have your, your second half of the season, your second 11 rounds. It's yeah. revitalized. Everyone's back into exactly. it. Exactly. You start afresh. Yeah. They start afresh. Finals like, meeting something. Yeah. Season fatigue. Exactly. Yeah. You, you've got that. You've got something different in the middle of the season. Yeah. That, that you know, it's, it sort of refreshes the game, yeah. you know, for those four weeks. And then, and then you, you know, by the time you get to restarting the NRL yeah. again, everyone's yearning for it. And before, because the season's um, shorter, what you do, you line that up with Super League. So Super League does yeah. the same thing. They have 11 rounds. Then they have yeah. their, their internationals and your Englands are playing France and Wales and Jamaica and all those. Na- and, you know, you're having your yeah. Euro A, B, C, D. Um, you have yeah. that in the four-week period. Then they have their second 11 rounds and then their finals. Yeah. Then at the end of the year, you've got room for more internationals. And that's when you have your that's kangaroo right. tours and your, your lions tours and your kiwi yeah. tours and all that sort of thing. Um, throw yeah. in some nines. Like <laughs> that's, that's your yeah. basic blueprint. Yeah. Oh, look, what, you, you, what you've just described is my dream. That's my dream yeah. for, for, yeah. <laughs> for the I'm glad to hear it. structure. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've had the same, exactly the same thoughts for a while now. Because um, I just, you know, I love that that little taste of the international, you know, window in the middle of the season we've got, that we got for a couple of couple of seasons. So good, man. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved and it. And that wasn't even um, on. But it was so small. Yeah. You know, you, you yeah. just expand that by a couple of weeks. Yeah. And you mentioned. Um, that you think you know those internationals could rival Origin for for passion and rivalry, etc. Well, I think they already do. Yeah. Especially for passion, like, have you ever seen any passion? Yeah. Like, like you saw with the Tongan supporters. Yeah, no way. You know, when they played Australia or, or New Zealand or, or England. Yeah. Um, and yeah, okay. The commercial side, obviously, it's not going to make. You know, right now, it wouldn't make the same sort of money as, as Origin, but give it time. And, and maybe it will. I don't know what the concern. Um, I don't know if the NRL is concerned that because for a long time, and I've been thinking this since I was a kid, but mm. I always thought that state of origin had a use by date that eventually the game would grow beyond the borders of New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah, and it's yeah. doing that, but they won't let it happen because they're too scared yeah. to let go of this behemoth that is state of origin. And yeah, that's right. They got to let it, they got to yeah. let it go, and they got to start planning for it because. Eventually, Australia versus New Zealand needs to be more important than New South Wales versus Queensland. It's just the yeah, way it is. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Like, by definition, yeah. you know, it should be. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I mean, I, I think some, you know, some, some people think that it has to be one or the other. Yeah. No, it doesn't. In reality, yeah. you know, you can have a strong state of origin and you can have a strong international game. Yeah. And that's where we've got an advantage or at least potential advantage over the other codes, I think, is, you know, um, rugby union has obviously has it over us in the international game at the moment, yeah. but we're all over them in, in, in sort of domestic. Yeah. But if we could get, you know, raise the level of interest and prestige in the international game, 
then we're jumping further ahead of them overall. And then, you know, Aussie rules, they've obviously got a stronger club game than us, but they, they've got no international game. Yeah. And uh, to me, having the strong, you know, we get a, a strong and prestigious international game, then we've got strength at all these different levels, you know, um, club, state, and international. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that, that's, that's how league can, can really get ahead. There's so much potential upside there. Yeah, we've got two, out, like we've got two out of the three. And, yeah. and the two, like State of Origin can grow. Like, you know, uh, this is crazy, but imagine a State of Origin with a Victorian side eventually one day in 100 years' time if we ever get some, some juniors coming through the storm ranks, which <laughs> we're starting to see a little bit of. But, like, we, like, there are people that don't care about the Cowboys versus you know, the Panthers who will care about state of origin and there are people that don't care about either who will turn on to watch Australia versus France in a, in a test, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I just think we need to, uh, th- yeah, I don't know if I've even answered your question. What was it? What can the NRL do? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, think it was, it was, I think what I was getting at was <laughs> what can the NRL do that benefits both the international game and the, and the NRL, Yeah, you know. Well, anything that, that, that's a win-win, really, is what is uh, that? You know, and how can you get a win-win? That, I suppose that, win- that window. If that kangaroo's yeah, brand yeah. is as big as you know one of the biggest sporting brands in the world, then that's how they do it. The like, yeah. the best, some of the best athletes in world sport play in the NRL, and one percent of the world knows about it. It's crazy. Yeah, that's right. So that's what they got to yeah. do. Yep. Yep. Glad to speak to you, mate. Great to speak to you, Michael. Thanks. Look, just really enjoy your show. I think you're doing a great job. Thanks, Andrew. And just yeah, keep it up because I've look, I'm I've long been an international footy diehard, you know, international footy geek. Yeah. And um, but there hasn't been, you know, there hasn't been a a, a, a sort of an outlet for that. Yeah. <laughs> until yeah, your your podcast comes along, and I mean, there was things like you know. I'd read all the everything that Steve Mascord would have to say about international footy, or you know, I used to um, I used to subscribe to Rugby League World, yeah. get that to know from the UK. That, that got me international footy fix that that way. Yeah. But um, yeah, what you, what you do on your show, tops, keep it up. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thanks for and thanks yeah. for uh, for putting your name forward for this this episode. A pleasure. Cheers. I'll, I'll do it again. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> no worries. See you. Thanks, Andrew. Kangaroo Chaser from Balmain. How funny. I speak to so many people all the way around the world. Um, you know, UK, all over Europe, all over America, North and South, at parts of Asia, you know, all over Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea. And then uh, every now and then you get a guy from Balmain, one postcode over from you that you've never spoken to before, but, you know, loves the same things you do. Fantastic stuff. Let's call another Aussie. Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Hello, Stuart speaking. You're chasing kangaroos with just carbs. Big T's in lockdown. How you going, mate? <laughs> yeah, good things, carbs. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? I love when I, I saw your number come up here because uh, we've obviously had you on the show before. I think you're on the last call-in show as well, and I usually have a rule about, uh, you know, people not being on the call-in shows twice, but I'm going to make an exception for you, and I've got one other, I think, that's coming later. But how you doing, Stu? What's happening, mate? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, good. I was, um, I was actually um, disappointed that Big T's not there because I thought we might be able to commiserate about 
the end of the season again for the Tigers and um, he, he would have been able to come up with something really positive he and, for us. He and, but, he and I did that. Uh, he was my first caller on this episode, so we, we did that. Uh, you know, as a Dragons fan, I'm with you today. We're done as well. Yes, for the season. yes. And uh, the positive was that now we can enjoy semi-final footy without caring about our team winning or losing. <laughs> yeah, as, as I've done for the last 10 years, well, but anyway. That's normal. It's becoming very normal for me as a Dragons fan as well. And, uh, yeah, anyway, let's not talk too much about that, mate. What, 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 what can we talk about international-wise, mate? What's your question for me tonight? Yeah, so, look, um, what I was thinking, if you could put your international uh, rugby league hat on, um, purchased through Chasing Roos, of course. Chasing Roos, um, check it out, yep. Yeah, that's the one, and um, and and then and then you're mar- you, like you're a marketing guru, so put your marketing <laughs> scarf on as well. Yep. And um, the World Cup, um, yes. obviously a disappointment this year. Yep. I think we need to move on from the the disappointment now. Um, like as a as a coach, you know, you've just got to you've just got to um, take the loss and then and, and then keep going forward and look for the positives. Yep. Um, so we've got the World Cup next year. We, we we sort of know that France has probably got the World Cup in 2025, yep. and um, there's already a, quite a bit of excitement about that. Um, but what I'm wondering in the meantime is there was a lot of momentum um, this year um, for the World Cup, and a lot of really good work done. Yep. How do we how do we maintain that momentum and make the World Cup in 2022? Um, the best one ever, you know, well attended, um, you know, ticket wise, but also um, watched all around the world, um, you know, is, is, you know, to 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 maximise the, the viewers and the the basic, um, you know, the, the outcomes for the World Cup. That's a massive question. It's a tough one too. Um, I think the first things to I will say is I think it's going to be the biggest World Cup we've ever had as a sport, regardless. And if it went ahead this year even under the circumstances, um, or now that it's going ahead next year, I think it's going to be the biggest we've had um, by virtue of the fact that it's men's, women's wheelchair. We've got more nations than ever. And there's more of a spread. Like there's, there was a lot of talk about um, how the NRL would be, the NRL and the and the competitions below it would, would be providing most of the players. But, you know, people don't realise that the Brazilian women's team was 100% Brazilian domestic that, you know, the yep. Greek side, as you know, we're going to have eight domestic players running out for them. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that was happening all over the place. You know, the Jamaicans would have had a couple and all that sort of thing too. So people don't realise that. So it was going to be, I think either way, it was going to be the biggest and it's going, it's still going to be in 2022. The beauty is having an extra 12 months is more time to sell tickets and more time to build sponsorships and all that sort of thing. So I think in that regard, at the top end of that, I think it's going to be fine and I think it's actually going to be, you know, it's going to be a benefit. Like we've got an extra 12-month runway. Where I where it's hard is, like I mentioned, the Brazilians, so keeping them interested for another 12 months. I think that's mm-hmm. difficult. The Greeks, you know, keeping those domestic guys like, hey, when hey, that World Cup we're meant to go to, it's not happening for 12 months, like, but please keep playing and... You know, things like that are going to be, I think, really tough. Um, mm. But I think we like the. It's funny. There's no matter how much we build up in the lead up, it's what happens at the event. The the and I think the media coverage at that event 
we've got to be thinking like, and I, I love your question, like how do we make it the biggest? But we need to actually treat it as like a platform for even bigger. So we've got to be thinking not how do we get as many viewers as possible to this World Cup. It's how does this World Cup give, give us as many viewers as possible for rugby league in the future? And I think that's kind of the way we've got to look at it. So sure. it's a yeah. big, big question, big answer, but I hope that answers, answers it for you, mate. Oh, it does, yeah. And, um, you know, what I'm hoping too is that the media do really get behind it, both before and during. Um, and, and, you know, we, we dig out those really interesting stories um, that, you know, obviously that you guys are chasing roos. Uh, have done and I try to do through everything rugby league that, you know, we, we, there's a lot of really good stories around um, uh, international rugby league and, and the teams involved with the World Cup. Um, I, I just yeah. hope that when they do, because, and especially here in Australia, right, so mm. I have a feeling that the Australian media, like I would love to see at the World Cup that, you know, you know Jake Duke on the sideline interviewing Stefanos Bastas. And everyone's yeah. and everyone's everyone's going. Hold on a second. This bloke's Greek. He has a thick Greek accent. He is Greek. He's played in Greece. He started his mm. his, his career in Greece. He now plays elsewhere. But he's a Greek guy. But I think the Australian media are more likely to to interview like a Mamatsoulis or someone that they already know who plays over yes. here and is is an Aussie with Greek heritage. So I'd, mm. I'd I think we from a media perspective and you and I do. Right, as we've already, as you already mentioned, but I want to see whoever's covering the World Cup over here and even over there in the UK. I want them to cover the flavour. I want them to interview the Jamaican guy from from their competition, not you know the Jamaican, not, not necessarily Ashton Goulding every time. I want them Absolutely, to interview yeah. Ronan Michael, yep. you know, from the mm. Irish side. I want them to interview any of the Brazilian women, you know, like that's what I want to see. And we we need to sort of start. I think you and I, you and I have spoken about this before, Stu. But I think, I think every NRL fan, or most nine out of ten NRL fans, care about international rugby league. But only nine out of only one out of ten of those nine out of ten actually know that they care about it. And I think that's yeah. what needs to change. Well, well, Cubs, we're interested in what we're exposed to generally. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, with international rugby league, as you know. If you want to find out about it, you know, it, it's quite hard work. Yeah. You know, the, the sort of research that you and I do um, takes some time and, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's talking to people and it's, you know, going through social media and finding out those things. I mean, the, the general public aren't going to do that. So unless it's put, it pushed, put there in front of them, um, they're never going to be interested. Do the, big, uh, do the big media outlets or the NRL media outlets, do they – do they think it's not important or do they? is it just easier to not worry about what we're talking about right now? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's the chicken and the egg thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, unless, unless they put it there in, you know, on the back page of the, you know, the Daily Telegraph or whatever, um, you know, Courier Mail or whatever, um, there's a certain group of people that will never know about it. Yeah. Um, but they, they would say, well, that group, probably don't want to know about it, but, uh, as you said, it's, you know, you don't know what you don't know sort of thing. So. What's the, uh, so listeners who don't know, you're obviously the media man manager for the Greek Rugby League. What's um, what's the feeling for the, the guys over there, you know, with the World Cup being postponed? What are they sort of saying and thinking? Um, yeah, look, they, look they're, they're obviously initially disappointed. Yeah. Um, the situation over there is that for them, they haven't really trained or played because of COVID. Yeah. 
they haven't really trained or played for at least 18 months. Yeah. Um, so they would be going in very cold um, and without, without having, you know, training. And when I say haven't trained, you know, they were locked down for a long time, so they couldn't even go to a gym or yeah, well. get out and, you know, and do a run and all that sort of thing. They were, you know, they had fairly heavy restrictions there for quite a while. Yeah. Um, they've just got back off their summer holidays and they, they're they hoping to go back into training this year. So, look, to be honest, 2022 suits them better. Yeah. Um, and Greece has made a you know a, a promise that they will pick eight domestic players, which I think is fantastic yep. um, to give them that experience. But you know, look, they they need to be physically physically and mentally prepared as well. Yeah. Um, so it's actually going to work well for them. But um, yeah, um, and obviously disappointed that it wouldn't um, happen this year. And there's a few guys that are you know on that sort of verge of do they keep going or do, will they retire? Yeah. I would say they'll they will keep going for. One more year. year. Yeah. It it is um, interesting. I saw some training sessions uh, happening over there over the last couple of days. So it's good to see them back. Uh, But I think for Greece in particular, an extra 12 months is probably a good thing for the reasons you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we do, you know, we we do want to take those eight domestic guys, uh, you know, because that's 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 you know, in the end, that's the main aim, you know, developing Greece. Even uh, even with New South Wales, once the New South Wales Cup went down, and your Billy Magulises yep. and your Peter Mamatsoulises and those sorts of guys weren't going to yep. get game time, it sort of went. You sort of go, okay, well, I think that was the final straw for with the World Cup decision. Um, yeah. So well. It- even when you watch the NRL on weekend, there's guys that haven't played for a long while that have been thrown into teams because of injuries and yeah. suspensions. And you can actually see that, you know, look, I, I know I know they're still training, um, but you can see they haven't had the match um, fitness either. Yeah. So um, it does make a difference. Massive difference, man. Stu, always great talking to you, man. You can come back on for a listener call in or a full. We might do a full episode. We might get you on for some more Greek episodes in season four, mate. Get some of the boys on. That would be that would be fantastic, Carbs, and um, I always enjoy um, having a chat. And hopefully, I um, didn't duplicate the question that um, others have asked earlier. No, nah, mate, I would have um, told you. I would have said no. Start again. New question. Mercho, edit that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, say uh, say commiserations to Big T when you when you see him. He'll understand. Um, and um, yeah, well, I might even recruit him for the for the Greek women's team for as the as the positive um, mood vibe guy um, because he's very good at it. He'd do a uh, fantastic job, so definitely get him on board, mate. <laughs> yes, and he, and he does a good T-shirt as well. Um, <laughs> Big T's T's, check it out. Big T's T's, yeah, check it out. All these side businesses coming out of the podcast, I love it. Thanks, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. See you, mate. Bye. Well, Stu McLennan, love that guy as well. Big T was right, like, I'm going overtime. It's well over the hour. This is going to be the longest episode ever. I'm going to go a couple of extras. I'm going to go one more Aussie, and then I'm going to go international. This is a number that has to be rang for promotional purposes as well. You're going to know who it is in a moment. He's been on the show before on the marketing episode. Hey, mate. How are you? It's Matt Haynes Sport. How are you, Matty? Good, thanks. It's getting late. I know we're one of the, you're one of the last callers, mate, but I had to sneak you in because we haven't done our ad for matthainsport.com.au yet. So I thought I'd give you a buzz <laughs> and you can plug, you can give yourself a plug and ask me any question you like. How are you, man? Yeah, good. How's the last episode going? Oh, mate, it's been fun. So I spoke to Big T at the beginning and I, and he's, he's chose a whole bunch of numbers for people that I need to call Aussies, international, all over the place. 
And I said, man, I'm going to try and sneak in as many as I can in an, in an hour. And he said, Cubs, we all know this is going to be the longest episode ever. And it, <laughs> it is that. So we're just, we're rolling on. I'm going to speak to you and a couple of others, man. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun. Oh, that's the main thing. Sounds good. Yeah, that's good, man. How are you doing? How are you tracking? Busy boy? Yeah, no, I'm going good, obviously, in lockdown like everyone else. But um, can't complain too much to working, so... Yeah, now we're going good here. Mate, thank you for sending me those Cleveland Rugby League jerseys and polos and hats. We've shared them around the Chasing Kangaroos family. They look amazing. They feel amazing. And I'm assuming they can still be purchased on matthainsports.com.au. Is that right? Or are they? Yeah, right now we don't have an order going, but okay. um, I'm sure I'm sure sooner rather than later we'll have something going. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that around so everyone's aware. Okay, man, people can keep their eyes peeled because they're incredible. We're, we're not able to stock those on chasingruse.com, so I'm going to plug you, mate. That's fine. And and obviously if anyone needs a logo or a jersey designed or produced, mattainsport.com.au. And, uh, yeah, mate, absolutely. Is anyone telling you they're kangaroo chasers and getting 10% off, or is that sort of dying now? This, we've been plugging that for wait all year. <laughs> no, it's been good. It's been a good uh, a good few orders have come through now. So, Lovely. yeah, it's been exciting to, to work with fellow um, kangaroo chasers. Good to hear, mate. We'll have to get you on as a sponsor for Season 4 when that starts again yeah. next year. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and just want to say again, yeah, thank you for having me involved this season. It's been awesome. No, it's been good, man. Appreciate everything you've done for us. And mate, what question? What you got? You got a question for me, or what are we? What do you yeah, want to talk about? Two real quick ones. Yeah. Um, first ones, obviously, I'm still probably like everyone else, haven't gotten over that the World Cup's not happening. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the World Cup's still firmly in my mind. Um, I guess it would be if if you didn't have any restrictions or budget, where would you love to see the World Cup be played? I'm really happy with um, France 2025. I think where, mm-hmm. I think for all the negatives that we've seen in the rugby league world this year, um, and main, mainly due to COVID. So let's not they're not like it's not like things are bad and that's why they're negative. It's just the way the world is. But I think for all the negatives, the big positive has been. I think this year for international rugby league will be remembered as the start of the French Renaissance. So we're mm-hmm. seeing. You know, Luke Lacoste doing great things. The elite one has sort of had more, um, has has had been seen more widely than ever before or for a long time anyway. Catalan's yep. at the top of the Super League and hopefully they win it. Toulouse at the top of the championship and hopefully they win it. And a World Cup in 2025, there's plenty to build towards. So I think France 2025 is the right, is right on the money. So I'm really excited yep. about that. Um, yeah, absolutely. The one that you probably want me to say, and that a lot of the listeners want me to say, and it's like the big, it's, you know, for for rugby league international fans, everyone, pretty much ninety nine percent of people I speak to, they want to see that big American World Cup, whether that be twenty twenty nine or or later. But um, something in the states um would be amazing. I think that's like the holy grail for international rugby league fans. Uh, for many reasons, um, we've got a lot of work to do. If that's going to be the case, like I had, another, spoke to another caller about it earlier, and like they need to get their shit together over there. And you know, there needs to be a solid plan. International Rugby League and all the the confederations and domestic leagues and everyone needs to come together to make a concerted effort to push towards it. So if we said. Yep, we're going to have 2029 in in the US and Canada, for example. Then what are we going to commit to making that happen? How do we help their domestic leagues? What sort of marquee events can we stage over there between now and then to grow it so that it's a success? And I think, um, yeah, no doubt 
France 25, USA 29, mate, would be incredible. But there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, I agree. And then I think um, the States is, you know, the obvious answer from a marketing perspective. But yeah. I, I tend to agree with you, actually, in that I'd love to see it um, kind of in, in a similar way to what the um, Euro football competition's just done, where it's been spread out across countries. Yeah, that's cool. Um, over there, which would be awesome. But obviously, that's a lot of restrictions there as well. But um, yeah. yeah. From a no restrictions point of view, I think that'd be cool. We could do that with New Zealand and some some Pacific islands as well, maybe if we wanted yeah. to. But it, it's tough as well, and there's not as much financially. There's not as much dollars in the Pacific islands, but and we've had we've had Greg Peters from New Zealand Rugby League saying it probably wouldn't be financially viable right now. But again, yep. a new a New Zealand World Cup hosted just by New Zealand, I think, would be great for the game, especially yep. over there. So. Um, while it's not the most exciting answer, that would be a good one as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then just as a, a second quick question, yeah, mate. Um, and it's a broad one, so it's okay. take your time, but um, out, out of all the guests you've had, is there a guest that you would absolutely love to have on that you haven't already, whether it's a fan <laughs> yeah. or a, a administrator or a player, anyone that comes to mind immediately? Easiest question that I've been asked tonight, Jason Tamalolo. <laughs> Um, yeah, cool. because he started it really like yep. we started this podcast really around about the same time and off the back of the Tongan sort of Tonga taking over the world, you know, to that Tongan World Cup yep. experience was incredible. And that was because of Taumalolo and Fafita and guys like that. And I think I attribute any success or any sort of uh, coverage that International Rugby League does get is because of those guys. If there was a international rugby league version of the immortals concept, then, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd have Jason Taumalolo would eventually be on one of those. And um, I'd love to eventually be able to interview him on Chasing Kangaroos one day. Perfect. Well, there you go. Season season four, episode one. We'll get JT on. <laughs> Plenty of pressure, mate. And uh, when this comes out, I want all the chasers to tag him in the comments. It's going to happen. That's actually what we need to do. The power of the kangaroo chasers, Matty. Thanks for all your support, man. Season three, and looking forward to chatting more very soon, mate. Perfect. Have a good night, mate. You too. All right, Matty Haynes. All right, that's my last Aussie. Let's go back overseas. We've got to go one more. Longest episode ever. Big T was right. Of course he was. This is an international call. And I know this person as well. He's been on the show before. He was on the last. He was on the last call-in show. But he registered. And any opportunity I get to speak to the Englishman from Russia about Russian rugby league and anything he wants to talk about, I do. You all know who it is from Russia with love, John Christie. Hello. Here he is again, John Christie from Russia with love. <laughs> the Englishman in Russia. Are you Russian yet? Are you are you a Russian citizen or are you still still English, mate? Still English, mate. <laughs> I'm uh, still working on it. Uh, it's a slight language test I've got to go over, which isn't uh, going very well. Have you learned? Last time we spoke, you probably knew a couple of words. Have you learned a few more since then or not really? Got a couple more, mate. Um, yeah, I'm learning off my daughter. Oh, how good so that? I can say, um, I, yeah, I can say I don't want a bath, which is really good. Uh, no bed. Uh, <laughs> more more play. Yeah, it's, it's going really well. Good stuff. So, uh, yeah. She will eventually be really a useful. translator, but you're going to have to give her 
maybe twenty years or so, maybe a bit. Yeah, less. I think definitely. How are you, man? I've just, I've just, um, just been saying that uh, there's not. We've obviously had you on the show before, and when it comes to listener call-ins, mm. I try and get different people all the time. We had you on the last one, but if if you're available, I want to chat to you because what's going oh, on? Oh, cheers, Russia, mate. Yes. If there's any news in Russia, I want to know about it, but also I want to know what your question is and what we want to talk about for the final episode of season three of Chasing Kangaroos. Right. Well, I was thinking, um, put me a bit on a spot of a question. Um, well, what do we think? I mean, I don't know what you've talked about previously, <laughs> but um, I, I imagine you may have delved into the old Gus Gould Twitter storm that we all seem to be sort of <laughs> involved in a little bit, weren't we? It came uh, up. It came up. I'm not going to lie, John. Um, um, what did you think about all that? He's he, he's someone that I respect, do respect, and have for a long time. Especially like I always thought his opinion uh, was pretty spot on. Um, but in more recent times, uh, I'm starting to question a lot of what he's saying, especially when it comes to international rugby league and the most recent stuff with the World Cup, mate. Just I agree entirely, mate. Really, I think um, sort of. He was a bit of a, he was a beacon of knowledge, really, wasn't he? And you sort of, um, you listened to what he said, you kind of thought he always knew what he was on about. And then it was that sort of like arrogant disregard for yeah. the World Cup. And um, and also sort of not engaging with people. Yeah. I mean, Rob from Brazil, he was trying to engage with him and so were yourself and other people. And it was just quite dismissive um, lack of it and the NRL know that and, and there's always this, this kind of secrecy that I know what's going to happen soon in the two yeah. years time yeah. when the NRL are going to try and take over or something like this and you just think hmm I, it was, well, I was wondering what do you think about next year because do you think it's going to go ahead still or do you think we're going to have come fast forward a year and have the same problem or if we do have the same problem this time next year what do we actually do um Next year has to go ahead, right? Um, we could have the same problem again. I think you're really right there. That's what's scary, and I kind of asked Troy Grant that as well, like in my episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's they're, they're, The International Rugby League are confident that the NRL and, or sorry, the ARLC and the New Zealand Rugby League will definitely, like they asked for it to be postponed. So if they asked for it to be postponed, and then they don't come again next year. Like it's, pr- it looks pretty silly, and it's. I don't think it's yeah. you know the right thing to do. Obviously, we need to sort something out, and maybe, maybe there needs to be. I don't know what the plan B is, but I think if the same thing happened next year and Australia and New Zealand pulled out, you just do it without them. It would have to happen, and whoever <coughs> pulls out pulls out, and whoever comes in comes in. And if we can get Russia at the World Cup, then we'll do that instead. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, I think we'd, we'd take a spot, I reckon. It'd be, a, be all right. It's a tricky it's one. A few, man, few ahead of us, though, I think. It's a, yeah. it's a good question. I, like, the truth is I'm stumbling because I don't know the answer because it could happen, right? It's it's realistically, we don't know what... I mean, I remember this time last year, everyone was saying, oh, yeah, by 2021, we'll be back to normal. But yeah. we weren't. And... Who's to say that it's going to be any different for 2022? Like things, things are getting pretty bad over here. Like in Sydney, we've been in lockdown for it feels like five or six weeks, and we've still got another at least four weeks to go. And you know, it's not going to change until our vax rates up and all that sort of thing. And it's um, 
it's crazy, man. So it seems it seems that I mean, sort of looking at it on the news, you you seem to it's a, dealing with it slightly differently to lots of other places. Yeah, we, we um, sure <laughs> yeah and it's I mean, you, you just hope it works. That's what I always think about all these governments, whatever they whatever they're trying to do, you just hope it works yeah. for the good of the people in the end, and yeah. we can get back to normality. Look, there's bigger problems in the world than whether rugby league's being played or not, or any sport for that matter. But I just think it's this this World Cup. We know how important it is, especially for, for like for the sport as a whole, not only in the UK or in Europe, but as a whole, it's it's so important for our sport. And for going back to to Gus Gould, like just the just the, I don't know, just the disregard he had for the international community is what annoyed me and started mm. getting very petty, especially like we, like, uh, what have he started saying things like, what have the English done and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, he didn't realize a lot of the fans he was talking to were people like me who were in Australia that really wanted to see the World Cup yeah. go ahead. And I really think that if he, if he was prepared to have a proper, discussion with say someone like rob bergen then that would be such a great conversation to watch and to hear or or whatever and i think like because you know despite what we might say or or think like he's still a very smart guy and when it comes to rugby league there's no he's one of the greatest minds but it doesn't mean we can't disagree with him one thousand percent about this issue so um and his opinion counts so much and carries so much weight yeah. that's what's frustrating as well because if he did like you say have an open dialogue and a sensible conversation you know he might change his mind on a couple of things and I don't think then that could mind. be a big change in Paul is that a bit wishful thinking there maybe yeah. that's not going to happen he's never he's you know yeah but um yeah man look I hope it look it has to go ahead right we can't be sitting here again yeah. in 12 months time going what what do we do? Um, because if it doesn't go ahead next year, there's no 2021 World Cup, in my opinion. That's not going to no. happen at all. And we'll be talking about France 2025, and that's it. So, Which, will be, which should be amazing in France. Uh, I'll meet you there for, I'll meet you there for a beer and a baguette. Yes. <laughs> that'll, be, uh, that'll be lovely. <laughs> Mate, uh, what about, yeah. uh, um, what about uh, prediction for um, Euro Group B? What are you thinking? Russia, Serbia, or Ukraine? I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to say Russia. No, uh, I've got to say Serbia because they've they've played quite a few games compared to everyone else this year. Mm. They've had some rugby league, and um, I'm sure the Russians. I'm sure you guys could put a good squad together. Ukraine's had some rugby league too, but mostly around nines and things, haven't they? So they've yeah. been match fit, but Serbia is the most match fit, and I think. I think they'll be too good. It's a shame Greece aren't there, but as we know, mm. they only just come back to training a few days ago, so that's a real shame because they would have they would have been the favourites in my mind if they were, you know, at strength. But what what do you know? You like surely you've got news for me, mate. What have Russia got? Are you guys hiding any secret <laughs> weapons anywhere for this one? <laughs> um, it's not like because Russians to hide a few exactly, secrets right? from the rest of the world. <laughs> but, um, we're s- slowly building. We've um, we've been having um, international team training oh, great. Um, for a couple of months now. Um, oh, wow! On a Monday evening at Locomotive uh, for the Moscow-based players. Yeah, wow! Um, it's been uh, it's been pretty interesting, really, because obviously the rugby league clubs 
Yeah. Uh, the four clubs in Moscow have sort of provided players, but then we've got um, players that haven't played rugby league uh, before have uh, come over from rugby union for trials. Really? And then some, yeah, and some older faces who took part, who last took part in the international in 2018. Oh, wow. um, they've got in contact and said they'd like to come back and um, try out again and see if they're still the standard and sort of add add to it really because with their experience and things. Yeah. So it's been really positive so far. Why Why is that happening? Why do you think there's that interest is there? I think I think the general a lot of the Russian rugby population do generally love rugby league, and I think a lot of them prefer it. I think yeah. the NRL they're watching that. Now, times the videos go around of the tries, you know, on the WhatsApp groups and things, and you kind of think they're very suited to it. It's quite a simple game, run hard. And I think a lot of them are sort of thinking, well, we've got the opportunity to play it. Yeah. We, we want to go and play it. We don't really, we don't want to get involved with the politics or we're not worried what happened previously, but we want to get back on board and get involved again. And it's been great to see some of, some of the old faces from a few years ago, uh, really surprised and, uh, yeah, really sort of enthusiastic about what, what, what what's to come in uh, October. Mate, I'm going to put Russia down as a smoky then because you, know, <laughs> you guys, you guys could do it. And it's really exciting. So you're traveling with the team? Or what are you, what's your role? Are you, do you have a role? Uh, hopefully. Um, we've got, um, it's a bit, it's slightly up in the air because um, I'm a UK citizen. We've still uh, got quarantine if we travel uh, outside of Russia, yep. back into Russia. Yep. So it's 14 days. So at the minute, I won't be able to go. Um, but hopefully uh, that's lifted in the next few weeks and then I'll be able to pop over. But we've got a trial game on this Sunday as well, which will be quite interesting. So it's 430 in the side um, fixture for uh, all, all the trialists, basically, to see um, sort of who makes the initial sort of Moscow-based squad. And I think we've got um, some players from Crimea and different regions from Russia coming over uh, as well soon. So should uh, it's good. Something to look forward to. Uh, We've not had much to report yeah. uh, for a few, yeah. for a while, but uh, so yeah, baby steps. I think Mate, but, uh, keep, it'll be decent. Keep me posted on that trial because we'll try and report it on it on the socials if there's any yes, out of it. And if you do go, if you're travelling with a team, you can be our inside reporter, mate. So we can uh, you can oh, feed me any mate, information love that. you like. Yeah, um, but <laughs> definitely for next year, I know from Russia with love was one of the most popular, or from Russia with scrums, I should say, was the name of the episode. One of the most popular episodes. <laughs> Of season two, was it? Was it season two or season one, mate? When you came on season two, I season think two. two. But um, and and Sorry. we always get feedback like, oh, can you get can you get John from Russia back on? Or oh, we want to know what's happening. And the <laughs> truth is, as you mentioned, not a lot has been happening in the last twelve to eighteen months because of the way the world is. So, but hopefully things mm. are moving, and we'll do like a sequel. We'll do a from Russia with scrums to in season four with you, man. Oh, that'd be tremendous, mate. Um, and hopefully, I'll plenty to tell you. Mate. Domestic season will be up and running, and it will be a yeah, it'll be great. We'll need two episodes to to cover everything. I'm sure. <laughs> Good luck, man. Thanks for chasing kangaroos. All right, mate. See you, buddy. Thanks very much, buddy. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Always love speaking to that guy, John Christie. Look, I'm go- I've gone way over time, but I'm going to go one more. This will be our second American on the show. Hello. It's our second person from America. How are you, man? 
I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good, and you don't sound American, though, but I'm calling you. Who am I speaking to? It's Carbs from Chasing Kangaroos. Who am I speaking to? Hi, uh, my name's Ben Calverley. I'm the <laughs> head coach at the San Diego Barracudas. <laughs> that is awesome. How are you, man? How, how are you going, Ben? What's happening, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Nice and early in the morning here. So um, good. Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks for waking up early to take my call. Not and a problem. I, I saw it was an American number, so when I heard a British accent, I thought, hold on, what's going on here? But um, <laughs> head coach of San Diego Barracudas, how'd that come down? How'd that happen? Uh, so I, I'm, as, as you noticed, I'm, a, I'm actually from the UK. Um, yep. I moved to California, moved to San Diego in February this year. Oh, wow. Um, and was looking for some rugby league. And the closest uh, rugby league was two hours away up in LA. Okay. Um, the LA Mongrel. Mongrel, yeah. Um, so played it, went up training with them a bit, uh, played a little bit with them, um, and was getting pretty sick of the two, three hour commute up to yep. up to practice every week. Um, so along with uh, the guys at California Rugby League, we decided to start a team in San Diego. That's incredible. Uh, I, I know you're so meant to be asking me questions, but I'm going to ask now? you some now. Yeah, oh, did you uh, did you um you obviously know Ad Cooney very well. We've had him on the show yeah. before, and he would have been integral in what you're doing. Um, um, I presume yeah. another Brit. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Have, um, we're actually me and Ad from about twenty miles away back in back in Yorkshire. Oh wow! Originally, <laughs> <laughs> grew up about twenty miles away from each other. How good is that? Did you know each other? Yeah. No, you probably didn't know each no, other until now. No. Yeah, you had to it's move a, to a small part of the world. world. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> so three months. How, how you guys have put a side together fairly quickly? I love your jerseys. Like you've had a few mm-hmm. games. It's it must yep. have been a whirlwind three months. Yeah, I think we had our first sort of men's combine on May twenty second. I think it was. Yeah, um, and then first game on July seventh. July tenth, yep. I think it was. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit of a a whirlwind, and we're we're trying to get the we're getting the women's side up and launched at the moment as well. Oh wow! Um, yeah, is the is the plan? Uh, same LA are doing, trying to do the same as well. So I think both myself and Adi are pretty uh, passionate. I was kind of pretty adamant that if I was going to start uh, start a team in San Diego, it wasn't just going to be a one team, a men's team. It was going to be a club and. You know the a men's team, women's team, and 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 make it a whole kind of club rather than just one team. Good on you. Um, so yeah, it's been uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of things to do. But it's yeah, it's it's pretty rewarding when when we actually get out there on the pitch. There's so much going over the, on over there, man. It's really incredible. And I think what's happening in California, like you guys are leading the way for for all Americans. I think there's plenty of good things, grassroots stuff happening. And um, we, of course, mm. had Tom and AD and a few others on the show a long time ago, the California Rugby League episode. I think it was like episode 41 or 42. So we're up to, this is 125. You're the last caller for yeah. season three, mate. So congratulations. But yeah. it's been Thank a while. You. And yeah, I, th- I feel like we need a California update. So we might lock that in for season four as well. It's going to be awesome. But um, But Ben, what do you want to know? What do you want to ask me? Or what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, so having been someone who's uh, grown up, I was so I'm, I was born and raised in Huddersfield, back in the UK. So I've, I've kind of uh, been around and involved in rugby league since before I could walk. Wow. So yeah. I think the 
the, and then having been involved in a lot of kind of expansion rugby league and, and getting new people involved in the game, um, like like yourself, um, my one of my favourite things in the game is seeing people have that like that new moment, that little bit that gets them hooked on rugby league. Um, I, sh- I guess it's part question, part me looking for more advice and contact and that kind of thing. Of yeah. what do you think? What in your experience, the the best way of that, that getting that little hook for people to because you can see it in their eyes when they just suddenly go, "Oh, this this is my sport. This is my game." And what in your experience has been the kind of best ways of of getting people hooked on the sport? That is the most difficult question I've been asked all night. <laughs> And I'm glad it's last, and maybe it's because it's very late for me, but it's very early in the day for you. So, but um, I I think you know, I think we um, as rugby league fans and from Heartlands like you are and I am, yeah, we sort of get we're a bit um, we're a bit funny about our game. We're a bit not Mm -hmm. we're we're a bit like we think we're the we think our game's better than all the others, and we love it so Mm -hmm. much and. We don't hate all the other sports, but we're kind of like, yeah, we're the best kind of thing. That's how we feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes we, I think we can be a bit pushy at times on mm-hmm. others that are new to the sport, and especially in the States. I think you can't do that because there's room for all sports. And there are kids that grow up in the US in particular, where, where you are in San Diego, that mm-hmm. would play football and baseball and soccer and lacrosse and everything, you know? So they try yeah. everything. And, they probably land at what they're best at or I don't know, it's hard to say, but I think, I think the answer is to just rugby league is a great game. It's a fun game to watch. It's an incredible game to play. It's not for everyone. And we just need to be mindful of that. Like I don't, I think just, we don't need to shove it down people's throat. People will love it. They will gravitate to it. And just, I think, I know this is not the answer you wanted, Ben, but we just got to let people gravitate to it naturally and give as many, it's more about, it's not about, I don't think it's about like what is the secret ingredient or what is the one thing that we can do to make that person love rugby league. It's how we can create more opportunities for more people to organically love rugby league. And that's, that's, I, that's the job, I think. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a really good way of putting it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. I hope that helps. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> When's your next game? I understand you guys have, um, I think there was like 10 days of lockdown or sports can't be played or something, Tom was telling me. When are you guys playing so, Yeah, so our next game is going to be on the 11th of September. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be travelling up to, to Santa Rosa to play the, the Dead Pelicans. I love that. <laughs> I love, the Dead Pelicans it's, is one of my favourite uh, new rugby league names, I, I must say. Yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a, a, a good collection of different names in the in the California Rugby League. It's really it's really cool. Tell me a little bit about the season because, like, some of our fan, our listeners would be interested to know what's going on. Like, how's it all? We've seen um, Mungrel play. We've seen you guys play. I think San Fran are playing yep. their first game. Like, how's it sort of working? Like, not everyone's played. When's the season end? You know what's going on over there? Can you give shed a bit of light into how yeah. how this season um, works? I the, the first thing I want to say is to just say how lucky we are to have Tom running things at California Rugby League and the, the amount of time and effort that he puts into making sure that anything happens at all. Yeah. Especially, I think, with 
the league starting up, was it late 2019, the first ever game? Yeah. And then three months later, the, the world shuts down. Yeah. Um, so I think this summer has just been about trying to get games played with all the kind of extra hoops to jump through with COVID and, and, and new teams and everything like that. It's been just trying to get every team playing three, four games and getting the, the league a bit more established so that then we can use that as a, a springboard for 2022 to have a, you know, hopefully some more. We're looking at hopefully getting another Southern California team in the next coming months and That'd be just keep expanding from there. Get a few local, yeah. a bit yes. of a local derby going <laughs> on, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Where do you think that might be? Any, any word or? Uh, so I don't know exactly what the, at what stage things are at, but uh, I know that uh, they've been talking to a few people in, in Orange County. Oh, cool. Um, which would be awesome because that's kind of halfway between San Diego and LA. So that'd be nice. I think the ideal thing would be to have four or five teams in Southern California, four or five teams up in Northern California. And then you've got, you know, you've got a couple of conferences then and, and it makes it a lot easier logistically if you're not having to organize, you know, eight hour drives up the other end of the state every other week. It makes sense, man. California's huge. We don't realize over here how big yes. it is and how <laughs> populated it is and things like that. So to be able yeah. to have a state with two conferences, that's pretty insane. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, good, plan, good luck for the rest of the season. And uh, did you have any Thank last you. questions? You're the last caller for, for season three, mate. So if there's anything else to... Yeah, this is a, not a... No. Not a question so much as just uh, saying how how much I enjoy listening to to the podcast and how how great it is to just hear different perspectives from thanks man from different countries. The one you you did with uh, Rob Bergen a couple of weeks ago was yeah uh, a real real interesting listen. Uh, as myself personally and all the guys at California League, uh, you know the importance of the international game and developing the international game is just so, so important for the sport and the future of the sport. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, please. Will do, man. And you do, you, the same with you, man, like coaching aside in, in San Diego, like that's insane. So well done. It's been, <laughs> been great meeting you, buddy. And uh, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye. All right, guys. There you go. I think that's caller number 10. It's taken me... Over two hours, longest episode ever. Big T is going to be happy. And um, guys, just thanks for chasing kangaroos with me. Season three, it's over, but we're going to keep pushing with chasing Jillaroos, and hopefully that season isn't uh, isn't delayed too long. And Big T and Mary Kay can crack out some great episodes. We've got some good plans for next year. Plenty going on. It's a World Cup year next year, so we've got so many ideas. Uh, myself, Big T, Mary. Uh, the NRL outsider, Mike, as well, helping us out with some things. So there's plenty of thoughts and ideas happening. Keep chasing those kangaroos. Keep following us on the socials, Instagram at Chasing Roos, uh, Facebook at Chasing Roos, Twitter, you can follow me at Chasing Roos Pod or follow the shop at Chasing Roos, uh, ChasingRoos.com, of course, for all your International Rugby League merchandise. We've still got a discount code going, guys, so uh, lockdown 15 for 15% off. We're doing that across the board until Sydney comes out of lockdown. So as long as that goes for, we've got at least four more weeks, I think, maybe five. Um, so use that 15% off and yeah, get your, get your gear, 
some cool Father's Day gift opportunities. If you're an Aussie, it's Father's Day over here in a few weeks' time. So, you know, maybe buy a jersey from where your dad's from. I'm sure he'll love that. And, uh, yeah, guys, again, thank you for the support. We've got the best uh, rugby league community, the international rugby league community, the kangaroo chasers, nothing quite like like it, you know, very passionate, uh, very smart, and um, I'm glad I'm glad to be a part of it like you guys are. So thanks for the support, and I'll see you again for next season, but keep following along because there's plenty of good content coming your way. Thanks, guys. Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own.